0: This week, we are sitting down with the sup bouncer himself, Ben Kane. We're going to talk all about the ins and outs of the supplement business, how to create a supplement brand and have it explode in the the industry, as well as supplements that are and are not being used in jujitsu. What are some of the holes that aren't being filled? Ben's also going to talk to us about his powerlifting past and how it relates and helped him for jujitsu today. All that and so much more. This episode of Tapping In. Enjoy the show. All right, we're in. Yo. Tapping In, episode 76. We are here. Post ADCC East Coast Trials Weekend. We usually start with a song, though. Um, like anything on your mind what songs are hold you? me closer Tony, Tony
1: Danza, Danza. <laughs>
2: Could have got
1: the headlines on the highway <laughs> jump in Ben
2: <laughs> I'll be honest I don't know that song <laughs> I know it but I don't know the words like we I just lay me down and chitelay yeah. <laughs> okay. I
0: just stop singing when I don't know the words and just kind of hum and then Roy I carries know the, it I know the notes I just don't know the words we know? have Ben Kane in studio yeah. aka my office the sup bouncer Price Plow Uh, so a little bit about Ben, one of the cool things about jujitsu and like, I open up a school, people walk in from everywhere and I don't know who's who I'm just like, Hey, like, let's learn some jujitsu. And then like slowly but surely Ben started opening up. He goes, Hey, so like I do a lot of shit with supplements and I looked at his Instagram and I was like, Oh, you do. You go all over the country meeting with these supplement companies, breaking down their formulas, really like giving it back to the consumer and you work with some big, big brands. And uh, anytime I tell you, I'm like, oh, I love this one brand. And you're like, oh, it's my friend. Oh, I know that guy. I'm like, dude, like, hook up. Please. <laughs> um, oh, so, so there's an
1: ulterior motive to uh.
0: I'm always for free shit. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a sponsorship. I just want, like, free stuff. Like, just give me a t-shirt. Now, Ben,
1: do you, are you aware you're being used along those lines, or are you pretty much accepted as is?
2: <laughs> when I walk into fitness-type things, like, I try to be humble at first, because right. I understand that's right. That's where things naturally right, go, right. but... Uh, I have a policy that like everyone at my table eats, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, once I realized that this is where I wanted to be, I wanted to invest like my time and my resources. So absolutely. Yeah. You guys can use me. I don't mind at all.
0: (laughs) And I'm the same way. We were just talking about this. So we just had ADCC East coast trials. And one of our students, Fred Brown was taking some pictures and, you know, he was real like, you know, uh, you know, like grateful for it and really thankful and like thanking me. And I'm like, dude, like, I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it for yeah. me. It's just like, I I want everyone to be on this ride. Anyone that I can get on, and I can throw your name in the right directions, like right like man, let, let's all enjoy this experience because Those who knows how long? Amazing he's, too. He's good, man. Amazing. And we don't know how long this this machine's going to be going. Right now, ADCC is huge. Let's not forget. Not too long ago, people were watching Battle Bots all over the place. You know, and I know I was. <laughs> you know, Sorry. I was Amer- American Gladiators. You know, it was huge. It's so. You know, ride the roller coaster while you can, baby. I'm trying yeah. to ride this till the wheels fall <laughs> off. Hell yeah.
2: Hell yeah. No, I I, I I, love that. Like, once I realized these people here were good, I was like, it was funny. Justin asked me like two days out from weigh-ins. Like, what do you think uh, Manny should do to rehydrate? And I was like... Manny's doing a water cut and no one told me like (laughs) (laughs) if anyone's doing anything nutrition related like I want to be called (laughs) put me in the loop (laughs) I told Manny
0: to do a couple things he goes I'll just start that on Thursday I was like sure what do I know let me know how it works out for you but he made the weight but it's true he looked like a beast he's made for that weight class he had a great showing too I gotta rewatch that third match where he lost by a a 0-0 overtime judge's decision right I gotta rewatch that because part of me, I'm like, oh, "How did he lose that?" Maybe I'll watch it. and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, he definitely lost." But for, and again, I was refing while it was going on. But like, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, he had a great showing for a blue belt who's never done trials, and he was one match away from the second day, in a stacked division.
1: Yeah, I mean, he came in looking like he was ready to do it, though. You know, I think that's part of it because he's been to a number of these tournaments now, and he really wanted to show up.
0: They all look like they're ready to do Is that the deal? Uh, every single one of you them. You got
1: that look of knowing when you made that smile just now.
0: Well, well, here's the thing. And this is like so a little I don't know if I've touched about this on here, but one of like my favorite aspects is I always talk to the competitors before they come out. Just to let them know like, hey, this table is going to be aggressive, like make sure you're doing this, doing that you know it's not my job to stop the fight it's your job to tell me when you want to stop the fight so if you just give me a little shitty tap i'm going to it's going to get broken like make it clear that you want this to be done but when i bring them in i can feel their heart rate really oh man and like it's funny cuz you'll see guys and they look stone cold but i can feel like the and i'm like oh man they need to settle down now and then there's the guys that come out there, and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. boom. And I'm like, oh, yeah. they're not nervous at all. There was one guy in particular that, like, I kept moving my hand. I was like, oh, I don't even feel his pulse. He might be dead. He might be dead. <laughs> but they're just so calm. Stone cold. Typically, those guys in the top eight, it it's it's just another round for them.
1: When, we were, the d- when we were at level. ECI, that's what struck me also. Uh, just like walking back there and interviewing them prior, just so calm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've been here, especially that dude from Arizona. I forget what his name was, but, uh, God damn. It's like, yeah, this is just another thing for me.
0: Ben, what was your first, this was your first ADCC experience, correct? Yeah. So yeah. it's East coast trials. It, it was up till now, the biggest trials ever, uh, out, you know, out beating the West coast trials from 2021. What did you take in?
2: There's a lot. I mean, it's a full day. Uh, you'll probably laugh at this. Uh, after my first competition, I was like, I don't really care to compete. Like, it wasn't like, I like this. I like the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love community. Like, I like going to other gyms. I like training my friends. Mm-hmm. I, was, I could see myself doing some ADCC, though. Like, it was just a different energy. Yeah. I liked that. You know, it felt, Um, I felt like I was around other people like myself, which was cool.
0: It, it's not, and this is where people get it confused, it's not a jiu-jitsu tournament.
2: To grappling, submission grappling. It is
0: a submission grappling tournament where out of bounds is encouraged and it goes on the carpets. And that's what I was so happy the students here got to see because we had kids compete in the open. We had adults compete in the open. We had the guys doing the trials. And I tell them like, this is, forget every tournament you've done. This is not that. Mm-hmm. Like you better come ready and don't expect to like show up when the, no, 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 be ready. And... A lot of people got a lesson in what I meant by that. Chris Balding won the gold. He did what he had to do. Beast. Um, Yeah. White belt Eric, he went out there and had a day. Came home with the the bronze. Had a day. uh, Played the ADCC rules perfectly. I'm with him
1: all the time. He's really got some game. He really, really really does.
0: But it's like all that's going to happen from this, win or lose, everyone's going to come back from that experience having felt what that moment's like. Mm felt what adcc is like what that competition is like and it elevates the room it i can only say it you know what i mean it's i sometimes i feel like kevin costner in Waterworld. i'm like dry land's not a myth and everyone's like Eah. but it's like until you see it and experience it and yeah. it relates everything i'm just curious
1: were you the third person or the fourth person that's seen wonder uh, water world i was the I don't second really remember i was that. in line i love water movies okay <laughs> anything to anything, do that, with... anything that gets me wet <laughs> anything that's a wet thing <laughs> that's your move there's a there's it. a there's a
2: really big video right now of one of the ones that went off the mats it's not the cody steel one it's the other that's one the yes. Thing, yeah. yes yeah it's the other one where they kept going like even though they were like wrestling they got up they just kept going i'm in the background of the video just like
0: <laughs> yeah it, it throws people off at first and it's like especially when it really so when the Tackett at damien match first happened that got a lot of like that went viral because it went out of bounds and everything around it and that's really when adcc started to like blow up i don't want to say it was blowing up but really getting like that social media behind it you know four months prior the east coast trials was the biggest trials up to that point. It had 450, 500 competitors. Four months later, we're in California, 1,100 competitors. So we're talking in four months, explosive. it tripled. So now you've got more competitors, which means more spectators, everyone's got cameras, this match goes out of bounds, and everyone, like the comments were so torn. Where it's like, why are they out of bounds? Why are they on the carpet? Why are they, because so many people don't know ADCC rules. Fast forward to now, People know, like if you're on the like people sit at the edge because they want it. They want that. Whoa! I was there was someone who was there. It was it was actually Ricardo Almeida was there, and I started with Ricardo and I went up, gave him a big hug. He's like, man, like I don't want to look at the mats for a match. I want this. I I want him on the carpet. Let's go! (laughs) Like people want it. It's like it's like the splash zone. It's uh. You know, it's like watching a car crash at NASCAR. Like, you're there for that moment where it's like, oh, someone's going to get beat up. But two years ago, like, that tore people up. Whereas now, they want it. They want that match out of bounds. That's what people are looking for.
2: Yeah. It was... I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that factor. It was... uh, It was fine. My, My... My girl works at the dispensary and we're like, and getting, um, getting ready to go. She's like, you want to take a gummy today? I was like, absolutely not. I <laughs> I need to be, I need to like, no, like, like, so I don't a
1: strategic decision. At you that point. you
2: <laughs> imagine that, that same video we're talking about. Those guys go flying into the side and everyone else moves. And I'm just like, right. just standing there, <laughs> like getting body. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, can someone control this, please? <laughs> it's like ECW in the old but, professional wrestling days. So I had one match that went out of bounds. And this they, weekend, this weekend, I had, a, I had several matches, but one in particular because
2: you were so close to like vendors and the like the, the medals and shit.
0: So, I'm gonna be completely honest. Uh, before this, before the first day started, I went up to one of the other refs, I was like, I'll bet you a hundred dollars, I end up on one of the corner mats. And he's like, Why? I'm like, Because ever since the tack at Damien match. I'm the ref that lets it go out of bounds. And nobody realizes I hate that more than anyone. I don't want any match to go out of bounds. I want them to stay right there on the big ADCC logo. Nobody gets hurt. Sure enough, I end up on the corner. I'm like, yeah, I knew I'd be here at Matt 5. And I guess someone had a, let's uh, go like that, like, like, like a service dog, all right. So they're sitting there and I'm like, hey, watch the edge. Sure enough, 30 seconds later, they go out there as like some big boys and they're able to move out the way. So when they come back, I'm like, I'm like, time. And I go to everyone in the corner. I was like, listen, if you get hurt, I don't care. But if yeah. something happens to that dog, I'm going to be fucking <laughs> pissed. And I'm going to beat the shit out of whoever's dog that is. Get it out of here. And they're like, oh, I was like, I care about the animal. Get out of the way. Because it's like, I don't care. Like, you see people with strollers and kids. I'm like, what? This is not where you want to sit right now. Get away it's from here. It's because
1: you have a heart. I mean, come on.
0: For dogs and, <laughs> and kids, yeah. If grandma wants to sit there, all right, grandma knows what's up. You know, she wants a little excitement. So the grandma kid is nah, going to be right there. <laughs> Grandma's probably a black belt from Brazil. Right. She knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. She's like, God, I remember the ADCC 2025. I'm in the future. Grandma's old because I'm not from here. But yeah. But so, the
1: service dog is where you draw the line.
0: Man, like that dog doesn't want to be there. <laughs> right. Dog has no idea what's going on.
1: Protector uh, of the innocence. I like let, that.
2: Let me ask how, so I hear about ADCC every day when I'm in here because yeah. my professor is right. It's funny. I, I really didn't know very much about it. I just knew I wanted to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, go up to, I went, I went a couple of couple months ago. I went up to Maine, uh, did a week with origin and they're telling me about how Pete, the owner of origin, Jocko's Jocko's company. Yep. Pete, uh, when they started origin was a very big Abu Dhabi competitor. Now, that's like the predecessor to what we now know as ADCC, correct? Correct. Correct. How did that change? Because obviously they're going to Abu Dhabi and now it's in America. What happened?
0: So what happened was it originally started in Abu Dhabi, the Abu Dhabi Combat Championships. uh, What was originally the Abu Dhabi Combat Club. And then the Sheiks and everyone like, hey, like we love this. Let's see if we can combine pretty much what UFC did with MMA. Let's take all of grappling judo sambo american wrestling Jiu-Jitsu, and see what's the best and they would go to abu dhabi and you know they if you watch like the early abu dhabis like it's just like the sheiks and everyone watching these guys are competing in a very quiet environment and then it started to pick up and then it became the abu dhabi combat championships and then eventually just shortened to adcc uh, because you know nobody wants to say abu dhabi combat championships non- non-stop and then it started to get a little bit of traction. And then as jujitsu started to expand, they started to move it around. So then what happened was they would have a different organizer for every ADCC. So you, you have like ADCC Europe, ADCC Brazil, uh, South America and, you know, North America and whatnot. So they would bid for the ADCC, just like the Olympics. And, you know, like Tom's been to, uh, three ADCCs, right? He's been in Spain he went to China and he was in uh, California, I believe, really, or Switzerland. Switzerland or Finland, one of those. So it would move around all over the world. When I started training, ADCC was in Trenton. And I remember they're like, guys, go check out this tournament, two thousand seven. And I was like, Oh yeah, it didn't go because I'm like, I mean it's in Trenton, how big can it be? <laughs> Now, looking back, I'm like, I would have been so pissed if the one year I made ADCC. It's like, you're going to Trenton, New Jersey. It's like, why would I want to be at Sovereign Bank Arena? So, it kept moving around. And I think it was in LA one time. And then Mo, who's been with ADCC since he was probably like 19, 20 years old, uh, climbed up the ranks and got his first bid, which was ADCC 2017. And was it 2017 or 2019? 2019. 2019 he got and i believe that was in california don't quote me but that was the first one he took over and he linked up with seth daniels to fight to win he goes you know we're supposed to be the most prestigious show but we're running it out of like gymnasiums in china and no one's watching it let's put some money behind it so then mo got 2019 and I remember like when they had the drums and I thought it was so cool. I was like, "Holy shit." And then he got 2021. 20, so right away the fact that he got two bids, it was like, "Oh shit, like this is this is interesting." Cuz it would keep bouncing around. His argument was, "Let me run with it and see how big I can make it because we gain traction, then we lose traction, we gain traction, we lose traction." So then he got ADCC 2021 which got pushed to 2022 because of, you know, whatever was going on in the world at the time. Gets it into Vegas. Thomas Arena. 13,000 seats. People were like, this guy's insane. Sold out Thomas Mac in like five hours. So now it's an even bigger show. Now you've got Bruce Buffer. Now you've got Lenny Hart from Pride. You've got this production. Now you've got... Uh, Sean Fowler from Five Grappling Involved as well as Seth. So their production is just astronomical. And I remember right after ADCC 2022, I was like, all right, who's going to get 2024? Because, you know, we've built up all this momentum. Mo's really doing something with it. The sport's blowing up. And, you know, not to talk shit, but, like, if you do ADCC 2024 in, like, Germany, it's like, that's it. You stopped it in its tracks. And everybody can see that. We had to wait like a month, And I remember for me, uh, selfishly, I was like, if Mo gets the bid, I'm going to keep refing. If he doesn't, my time's probably done. Like it is it's going to go to a different promoter, and they're going to go with their people. Mo gets 2024. 20, and they basically told him it's his until he doesn't want it anymore. And he's like, "Perfect, I've got some plans. T-Mobile Arena. First combat sport that's not the UFC inside of T Mobile Arena, twenty thousand seats. He's going balls to the wall with it.
2: I can't wait to go to that with you guys, it's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait. One of my closest friends is the main energy sponsor for T Mobile and they have two entire sections of the stadium. It's fantastic. It's gonna be be wild.
0: It's at Thomas and Mac, I remember just like like first of all, and you got this is my first time refing. Like I just kind of fell into this and now I'm at the biggest ADCC with everyone there, and I've said this on the podcast, like at one point, Bruce Buffer's announcing the 66 kilo finals. It's all black except for the spotlight. I'm standing there. I get a glimpse of my wife and she's sitting right behind Nate Diaz. Mario Lopez is behind her. She's next to Tom. A couple of seats down from Tom is Rogan and Tony Hinchcliffe and that whole crew. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I was like, Mo's going to figure out I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) and I'm fired immediately. But, uh, that's part of your appeal though. I guess, man. I'm just so scared of getting fired. I'm so scared of being fired. I just keep going. (laughs) No way. At this point you're the, well, listen, you know how I feel about it. Well, I mean, I got named the head ref for ADCC North America, which was cool. And, uh, Pitbull, Pitbull West Coast, Tom DeBlast sponsor hooked me up with some free gear when I was there, which I did not want. I just, I wanted to pay for my fanny pack and they refused. So I was like, no worries. I'll buy a jacket. You're not going to give me an $80 jacket for free. Sure enough, they did. And he was like, hey, he's like, for the head ref, it benefits us for you to wear it. And I was like, damn. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I actually sent someone else to buy me a shirt later. So they still got $30 from me. I don't like, I'm weird taking free shit. I understand. Like, <laughs> I got to give you some money. Like, it's I awkward. All right, let's, let's get this But thing anyway, to answer your question, guy. that's how it moved. Cool. And now it's just, there's some things in the works for 2026 already. Good. Yeah, I'm excited.
2: These <laughs> long-term campaigns are how things really grow.
0: It has Absolutely. Be, right? You, you, you got to realize like the formula worked for what it was doing at a while, but if you really want to get this to explode and, and it is. And I think the one thing you're really seeing this is something Gordon's talked about all the time. The biggest problem with jujitsu is that the, the, the difference between a spectator and a competitor isn't much. It's still a very participant based sport. Mm-hmm. He's like mm-hmm. most guys that watch the NFL don't play in the NFL. They're at home on their couch. He's like, you got to get it to a point where the athletes are the athletes. And that's it. You're really starting to see that now. You're seeing it at these terms where, like, you know, you'll still get the guys who jump into the trials because why not? They want to do trials. They want to lose to Jacob Couch in the first round and be like, oh, I went up against Jacob Couch. He's a freak. But you're seeing when you get to Worlds, that was the first time for me, as someone who's watched these tournaments and gone to these tournaments, you saw the difference. The athletes were rock stars. Oh, yeah.
1: I think one of the reasons that they become rock stars, though, is that they have longevity to them now. In other words, people really get to know Gordon. They really get to know this one and that one. It's not like the name of 2022, he has a nice run, and then you don't really hear from him after that. Yeah. You know, there are some really superior athletes that that, uh, that are really separating themselves from the crowd in, a, yeah. in that sense. It's great to watch.
2: Yeah. Right. I also think there's personal brands that are helping a lot with this, right? Gordon is a personality. Love him or hate him, he's a personality. Right? And that and that you cannot deny that. And I think my big I think and I'm still the fly on the wall, but being someone who has been a professional in other sports, even someone who works in the industry, like my biggest criticism is like you have these upper upper echelon guys, and then you have the open guys, and there's these guys in the middle who wait pull a pull closer. There we go. Perfect. There's these guys in the middle who don't have a brand. They're not interested. They're exactly not, it. They're, you know, like I.
1: And it feels synthetic when they do try and become a brand, that and they're not at that level.
2: Hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, Hundred uh, percent.
1: It, it almost feels like the UFC guy that just won his
0: fight and said, "I want this guy."
1: You mm-hmm. know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it just feels real
0: saccharine, synthetic, but. Well, you're going to get a lot of that with the new sport, right? And I talk about this on here where eventually the illusion becomes a delusion. Mm-hmm. And you see that so much with jiu right now, right? Because social media is picking up. Everyone's got a camera. So now you can go do one of these events, you know, not even win, lose your very first match, take these pictures, post these videos, and then all your friends will be like, you're a savage, you're a beast, mm. he's got that dog in him. <laughs> and then everyone around is like, yeah, my boy does this jujitsu shit. He's nasty. And you're like... Your boy lost in 45 seconds at trials. (laughs) What are you talking about? But eventually they bullshit it so much. Right, right, right. And they get so much positive feedback by people that don't know that they start to believe it. And it's hard to separate those people. But now, take it to a higher level, where you get those mid-level guys. They really start to believe, like, oh, I'm the shit. And say, no, you're not. They're calling people
2: out, that kind of stuff. That's
0: why I surround myself with people that remind me that I'm not shit. It makes it very easy
2: for me to just kind of stay (laughs) even keel. I get that. I get that. I do mean, you? Uh,
1: I, I was going to say. I, I just really wanted to get to you now because
2: we can give some background if you guys want. Me I, to that's start what I with want that. to do.
1: If you don't mind, I'm just going to describe this guy. This he's a Jersey guy, and what are you about? 27, 28 years old now. I'm 31. 31. Okay. Thank uh, you. Roy's 62. So. I'm 60. <laughs> yeah, I just I received my AARP people. It's in just in the mail the other day. Uh, I just you're physically big so okay. it's funny i graduated so high school at give me the whole give me the whole
2: i graduated high school at 170 evolution pounds. here like i was tiny and right. i got into the gym just because i wanted to be normal and then when i was normal i was like i yeah. want to be not normal now <laughs> right so uh, i went to rutgers for dietetics um i got really i should say i was really into marching band high school college i did something called drum and bugle corps which is like professional marching band right. which you playing I played a contrabass, which is a tuba that goes over your shoulder. It's about 60 pounds of metal. Why do you mind play the sousaphone? Yeah, basically the same thing. Uh, my, my joke that I'm probably going to do some content at some point about is uh, I used to have to be able to run 30 yards at like a full sprint. Stop. <laughs> the tuba? Yeah. Holy S- shit. Stop on a dime and play a soft song. And if you can imagine what that does, like, diaphragm-wise, oh, yeah. it's very difficult to control your breathing. Yeah. And so I learned very quickly how to control my heart rate. And, but, I,
1: and I, I do have a question here. Yeah. You played on the football team. I yeah. played on the football team.
0: Did you give any thought to the band when they came out? Bro, I'm from <laughs> South Brunswick. Our band was so sick. Yes. yes. Like, no,
1: you like, Yes, did you really think about them? Yeah. like, like, like Absolutely. Brunswick. Yeah.
0: Like our band was so good. Our band sucked. That like <laughs> I knew like, yeah, this is quality band. Like I remember like I told everyone like, if you don't go to a big D1 school next year, right. your band's going to suck. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, Where'd you go to high school? Somerville okay we won state championships my senior year wow. and our football team sucked and i remember like in high school i was the guy that was friends with everyone like i wasn't right. like a jock i wasn't you know a nerd or anything I, i'd kind of just go long, with everyone for sure but i remember uh, someone making fun of me in like homeroom after we won state championships and this wrestler looks over was like hey how many how many games did you win this year they won the fucking state championships <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, but in in college, I got more into lifting, um, and I was. Were more... you in the band in
1: college? Or yeah, I okay. I've
2: marched for Rutgers. Nice. I got paid to go to bowl games. I did pep band. We oh, went I to March Madness one year. Like, wow. yeah, it was a really good experience for me. It was okay. awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Color guard girls too. You know, <laughs> you it. it was <laughs> good. It was good. Um, so, let me help you out with the cheerleading thing. It's
0: <laughs> like, yeah, that one time at band camp story. One hundred percent. I have a lot
2: of those. <laughs> <laughs> We can go back to that. I have a lot of them. Of course, we're going to go back to that. Boy's been been married for 50 years. He's like, please tell me about those. I vicariously live through you people. (laughs) He's like, please tell me more. Talk to me about the (laughs) skirt. So, uh, I worked at GNC in college. Um, I was just a nutrition nerd. Like, I learned. My parents hate when I say this, but I learned more on the internet than I did going to college. Um and I left GNC. I was working at a Vitamin shop in Raritan, and one night, um, this this older guy comes in, and I I locked the door behind him because I was closing up, but just wanted to like hang out, let him walk around, whenever And he asked me a couple questions, and I answered the questions way better than like a normal consumer should have been able to. Right. And he was like, "Who are you? What do you do?" And I was like, "I'm just a dude that reads the internet." He gave his card. He's like, "If you ever want a job, you want to leave this place." Like over, So I dropped out of college and I wow. started a company called Nutribio, which if you're into the industry, you know, they were the first kind of like quality company that kind of rebelled against bad quality. I got right.
0: some Nutribio right up there. It's yeah. old, but I got it. Yeah. Define, I sold a shit
2: ton of that.
1: Define good quality versus bad
2: quality. So when it comes to supplements, um, there's a lot of. There's a lot of bad shit out there is the easiest way for me like, to start what would up be the this. bad shit. So stuff that tells you stuff that does not tell you dosages, stuff that does not tell you sources, stuff that um is just poor quality in terms of sourcing. Um there's a lot of loopholes where you can sell snake oil.
1: But um, where do they sell this like like wouldn't like a GNC, why would they want to represent that shit? Or, the the or industry
2: like... as a whole, up until like the early two thousands, uh maybe the twenty tens, like really accepted, like really poor quality. Really? It just was what it was. Yeah, they were
1: just winging it. In yeah, a sense. like
2: Th- there was a there's an act in 1994 called the D- Shea. It's called Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act that defined what these are and set regulatory framework for them. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I do a lot of work with um, the FDA. I go down to Washington D.C. I right. lobby and help get this stuff to be safer for consumers. Right. This is a, like a lot of like my driving force behind my career. Um, and so I took a job at this company, which it was, was one of the early companies that was into quality. Um, I started out in customer service. The guy told me, he was like, I'm not giving you shit. You got to start in customer service. You got to work your way up. And, um, I worked my way up to basically being like the right hand guy. I negotiated and launched GNC vitamin shop, uh, BB as um, through neutral through that company. Yeah. yeah, So I learned how the whole system works. Um, and they manufacture their own stuff in Middlesex, New Jersey. They have a whole huge facility.
1: Is that animal packs? Is that?
2: Uh, the same I was there two days ago too. They're in universal. Oh, they're they're, they're right in around North Brunswick. Okay. Um, so that gave me a lot of skills. Uh, and when I left there, um, my, my business partner now used to run, well, he, he used to run the same thing, but it was just a blog. And I was his contact. I would send a product. We'd pay him for, for different sponsored content, whatever he called me he was like, we got to do the social media thing. I know you know how to do this because I was a marketing executive brought me wow. on. I'd say in the first, uh, 18 months we tripled the business. It was just like, wow, it was, I came in and it was a lifestyle business for him. It was just enough for him and his family to live well in Texas. Okay. But I was like, dude, this, this is huge. Like this can, there's, there's no influencers in this industry the way that we could be because we're insiders. So through a couple of things, uh, tweaks and and things, we we started off better. Grew, 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 grew. Basically, I brought my network and was just like, let's let's just blow the top off this industry. So, to the consumer, what you see is a lot of educational content. Right here, you're holding a bottle. Right here, to, uh, Serenity. These are very good friends of mine. These guys, when they launch this product, they call me, "Hey, I need some marketing help." So we'll launch a blog post that explains it.
1: So you're like a hired gun to market this an activity. extension of the marketing. Team. Beautiful. Yeah. Got it. How did you segue out of Neutral Bio, though?
2: We had creative differences. <laughs> you could be more specific.
0: <laughs> it's like, actually, I can't legally. I don't actually
2: have a, an NDA or non compete, but um, the ending was not great. But I will say the owner of that company gave me everything that I have. So okay. I respect the hell out of that. Um, we don't see eye to eye anymore. We don't talk anymore. But um, Marcus, su- Mark, Mark gave me everything that I have.
1: You so you're really just that. ten years in this business, and you're creating quite a little uh, footprint.
2: Yeah, I it's would. cool. You know, I try to be humble about it. Um, but like, frankly, I would say that I'm pr- like one of the more recognizable faces, specifically, but names in sports nutrition. Um, because on the back end of that, so that's that's the front-facing content, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Influencer, thought leader. On the back end, I do a lot of consulting. We help out with formulating. We help out right. with regulatory. You know. I help people do things legally. I help them find the manufacturers. I help, uh, ingredients is really what we've gotten into. Like these companies, these companies that create new ingredients, helping them go to market, go to market strategy, get it into prance. It's
1: really, really cool. Yeah. So I mean, the only way I guess that I know about this stuff is through like the big aggregators, like bodybuilding.com and you know, vitamin shop and GNC, if they don't represent these products.
2: So that's then- our, that's our next step.
1: Where do you like,
2: That's how do you, how do
1: you break through with something like this
2: right now? It's incredible because direct to consumer, you can sell online. You, you, you know, make, a do good. you have your own website? Oh yeah.
1: Okay. So then that, okay. That would be a, and yeah. if more people get to know you and trust you, they, you
2: know. yeah. Yeah, we've got a website does uh, two hundred thousand unique visitors monthly. Superb, Jesus yeah. Christ! you know it started out as a price comparison. If you guys remember, before Amazon, you are
1: becoming much sexier as I uh, as you go
2: on. <laughs>
1: Roy's like,
0: I have so many ideas. <laughs> yeah, He's like, what can you do with this podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but well, I mean, this is why. I mean, like, mm. when I, what, well, when, this is why when I started talking to Miguel, I was like, let's let's work together because I see a lot of synergies. I see a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, just over the last week, we've talked about like. Yeah, the amount of my friends that watch UFC, watch grappling, know who Gordon mm-hmm. is, but has never considered sponsoring a grappler. Like, there's so much in this.
1: Now you're working with what power builders? You're working with standard weekend warrior types. You're working with M-
2: my consumers, my viewers. Yeah,
1: like bodybuilders. I assume anything, anything. Right.
2: I have, um, I have v- viewers, consumers from everywhere, from bodybuilders to, you know um middle-aged women that want to lose 15 pounds like the way that we create our content we have some very in-depth scientific content but i one of the biggest a mentor of mine one of the biggest uh, best advice that they gave me uh, i was doing this podcast called the price plow authority report where Mm -hmm. i would bring in my but literally most educated friends in the world we would do this podcast for three hours and it was this super deep dive on FDA regulatory affairs right. and stuff. And my buddy called me, he owns ghost. If you guys know ghost energy. Oh yeah. Yep. He calls me and he's like, they're Swedish
0: and, fish energy is my
2: favorite hands down. It's his favorite. They're too. starting it's to the really, best. really,
1: I've, I saw them in uh, vitamin shop.
2: Well, they're, they're the really, head sponsors of T-Mobile arena. Was, you know oh, what I mean? The like other, like uh, they, they're going like events.
1: So walk me through, like, how would they do that? How would they grow? I mean, aside from just the quality product and the cool name and the, and the cool graphics, How is it that they would grow? Like, walk me through their progression.
2: The thing is, like, supplements themselves are a small because
1: there seem to be so many supplements out there.
2: Yeah, it's a small business that is like oversaturated, and it's a bunch of guys crawling on top of each other. These guys saw like the Swedish Fish, right? If Mm -hmm. you know, they have they have Warheads, Swedish Fish, Oreo. They do what's called. License collaboration. So they license up they a license name
1: like Oreo, man. got it. Okay. They work
2: with that company to make a authentic flavor that really represents right. that. Yeah. They've got Sonic, Cherry Limeade, and Ocean Water. You know, like things like that. That when I say those kinds of words, you guys remember, like as a kid, getting Oreos or yeah. Fish, right? And then they go beyond. Like they don't. They sell to meatheads, but they go beyond that, right? Like this weekend, I'm going out to Vegas, and they sponsored a festival called When We Were Young. It's this giant emo music festival i know that festival they have very well stage yeah you know what i mean like they're like you got an extra ticket (laughs) (laughs) they're like fuck the gym dude like (laughs) like you want to compete with every other pre-workout in the world because your average consumer buys a new pre-workout every 30 days Mm -hmm. you want to try the next thing you want to try something else all right let's not fight over that let's let let, let's let's put stuff in coolers at Seven Eleven and like let normal consumers walk up and be like wow that's so cool it's swedish fish Yeah. Right. And to add
0: to that point, so I, I would consider myself an average consumer. All right. Like I do, when I really get heavy into the lifting, I do go to like, I go to Aries Nutrition. Um, Shout shout out, out, shout out to Pat. And, you know, Pat was one of the, when I first met Pat was at at his first store in Trent, and he's like, listen, what are you looking to do? And I was like, bro, like, I need to get back in the gym. I need to get this. I do jujitsu. So right away he goes, so you don't want stuff that's going to, and he guided me in the right direction. Always gave me phenomenal supplements. Always has steered me the right way. But I'm not that guy who's like heavy, heavy, heavy where I need this, this, this. I'm mixing my pre-workout with my aminos. I'm not that guy. I'm not Rich Piana. But I'm also not the guy who's just like buying the $65, $70 pre-workout because they say it's the best one. I'm like, no, dude. Like turn it around. I know exactly what I should be looking for. Like if I see the word blend in there, right away I'm like, yeah, a blend of what, homie? Like (laughs) what is what? because there's a lot of companies to your point will not tell you what's in there. Uh one company in particular, I'm not going to name them cuz he was frat brothers with my friend, but became really became really famous, had a bunch of models, a lot of like social media guys and they're like, "Yeah, do this, do this." But then when you look in the back, it's like, "What is your Yeah it was like what is it and it was it was awful it was nothing so he was really just taking a
1: chance of throwing you know shit on the wall and saying if it sticks, it's like it if sticks. you
0: take yeah. this you'll look like these people right yeah, yeah and yeah. just really attacked social media right. it was honestly became genius. a thing
2: it was honestly genius oh it was they were a marketing machine they were they were a marketing team that happened to have product that you could buy and they created a lifestyle and a culture that you were like, man, I want to buy their stuff. I want to be with them in the gym. I want to right. play it. They did the Arnold one year and they bought the biggest booth space that Arnold has ever sold. It was this like,
1: in Cincinnati? Uh, uh, Columbus. Columbus, yeah.
2: Okay. They bought like an 80 by 80 booth. Right, right, right. And they flew out every single athlete, every single person from the company, every single person. And they... Yeah, like most people show up before the show and they're there when everyone comes in, but they waited until the show was going and they paraded every single person from that company down through the front door, through the entire expo to show them, we're all here and you should come hang with us. Yeah. And it was like, the products were God awful. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. I actually had a few friends who went to work there and when they went to work there, I told them I would not work that I would not talk to them until they left. Like it was terrible.
1: I guess what I'm asking is this, having started a couple of companies myself, there is that initial phase of just sitting down saying, I've got a great idea. I need investments on this whole thing. They throw, let's say, I don't know, a million or two at it or something like that. And then they go from there. Is that the way it's done, though? I mean, because yes. it sounds like... like, Yes,
2: but the problem is...
1: I mean, because it's so cynical.
2: Yeah. You know? Well, as a business owner who sells something, you understand just as much as anyone else that like you have an idea and you want to like throw money at it to make it work but with this it's not like you're selling paint for your walls you're selling something that's ingested right there's a deep deep amount of data behind it so someone like myself you would hire to help you formulate to help go to a a manufacturer i mean there's layers of uh, there's layers to this right but it seems
1: like your brand is i'm gonna give you the truth
2: yeah I get a, which is super I get duper important often. that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm quite gonna, often. Yeah, yeah, I get we get hit with these because I I tell the truth.
1: You do reviews and you say this sucks, this is good, this is not good.
2: So uh, yeah, and so like what's, what what come to is um, a lot of my content is sponsored, and that that's a bit of like a you know some people don't love that or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I generally we're in a great spot right now where we have so many great companies. I can pretty much always talk about great stuff. My thought process has become, it's like, if the two of you ask me, Ben, what's a great pre-workout, mm-hmm. you would prefer me to say, go buy this instead of saying, well, definitely don't buy that. And that's been my thought process with my content. I don't okay. shit on people as much anymore because it's not helpful. You just don't mention them. It's not constructive to people. Yeah. But every here and there, like something rubs you the wrong way. Because you guys know, with, in terms of like marketing ploys out there, there's so much trash out there that I have to educate people, right? Yeah. So there's there's some of those. I, listen, not,
0: not to cut you off, but like, I see it with jujitsu, and you know, you, you trained at a different school, and it's like I could tell someone, hey, I've got a jiu-jitsu school. And They're like, oh, well, there's another school here, and I can say That's until I'm blue in the nice. face, not the right place. Until you really know what you're looking for or what you're looking at, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And that was for me to go back to Roy's like marketing. So, I I lost a lot of money in the beginning. Because I knew what I had to do. And when we first opened up the school, the one thing no one ever wants to go to is the empty bar or the empty nightclub. You're 21, 22 years old. You're like, hey, where are we going tonight? You drive down Belmar. You're like, Eesh, bar A looks dead. Let's go to Boathouse. It's, it's optics. So I gave a lot of like discounts in the beginning because I knew if we open up today, but I have these mats packed in three weeks, people are going to say, what the hell is going on in there? And they're going to walk by. And I want to say like within the first month, our Saturdays, the parents would have to sit outside and then the bank would come over and complain because we took up all the parking. And I remember the banker came in one day. He's like, you know, you're taking all the parking. My, my clients have nowhere to go. And I looked at him and I was like, you know what you should have done right now? I was like, instead of yelling at me and these parents for taking your parking spots, you should have come in with a business card and been nice and say, hey, how can I do business with you? And he's like, what? I was like, you're an asshole. And I'm doing this as the kids' class is going on. I was like, you just insulted all these people who now definitely won't go to your bank. I was like, this is why I'm taking all your parking spots. And I remember a lot of the parents were like, did you really just call him an asshole? And I was like, yeah, because he is. And I still have some of those kids to this day. But the school got big. The school got busy. Even though I wasn't making a lot of money, it was busy. And it was drawing attention. So then people wanted to come in. They wanted to know, like, what's going on here? We want to be part of this cool kids' club. Everyone's running around in pajamas. And then once it got to the point where, you know, I could have started paying myself a real nice salary, I had a conversation with my wife. And by conversation means I told my wife what I wanted to do. (laughs) I said, listen, I was like, we could stay right here in this small space, 1,500 square feet, and, you know, have a 20 person class and make it look massive, but we're going to be limited with our growth. I was like, I already know that I'm the better school. But the problem is, if another school opens up, and they open up a nicer school, I'll lose. My wife's like, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to double down, and I want to go bigger. Because I know if I have the nicer school, I already know I got the better school. But I can beat every school before they even step foot in any other doors.
1: What was that eureka moment for you, though? The reason What I'm, what I'm getting at is, and the same thing with you, Ben, is like there's a certain business acumen that you get, and you just brought up something. You didn't have any business experience prior to that you, no you know you were a kid basically you just knew you wanted to be a, a voice of integrity
2: i had to decide that i was better i have competitors One like you're lying like offended. you're
1: lying awake at night you're looking at the ceiling and saying what what is my brand in a sense
2: yeah my
1: which is amazing to me a, how both of you did that
2: it was a conscious decision that i had to decide I, I had a we had a girl working for us and i remember she posted on our story It'd be really great if someone made a marshmallow protein. Can someone make a marshmallow protein? And it pissed me off to no fucking end that she asked someone to do something. Because I don't ask people. I tell them it's the right thing to do and they do it. Because our opinion is is we're an authority. Right. Right? And I just realized that we had to stop asking. We had to start just being the authority. You don't get to be the best until you say that you are the best. You have to believe that.
1: You got, Did that just come to you? Or is it like... like- you're, you're what are you 25 26 years old and that sort of thing just came to you at that point that's amazing
2: I was on a lot of testosterone
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. I was wearing <laughs> running, I was <laughs> coke at that time yeah <laughs> yeah
2: that's one of the more frustrating things for me is like I've come down off that and sometimes I look back and go, man I was an asshole <laughs> yeah. but you know like I wholeheartedly believe that I think that confidence I think you have to Did you have to that too, that.
0: though
2: um so
1: Yes, Because you've always had this sort of like quick brains, that sort of thing. But to translate that to business is really pretty amazing.
0: So I, for me, I realized that, A, I'm not a world champ. I'm not an ADCC champ. Right. I'm no one whose name someone is going to recognize. But And, I, and I've and i said this before, and people have told me this. The brand at this school is me. I'm the brand. And I. Right. that's why even on days that I'm not here teaching – like I took Monday night off to go be with my family. I still came in and I gave the kids like a congratulations for the day and I shake every single parent's hand. And I shake right. every single student's hand and I'll tell a story and I'll give them that smile because I understand that what sells the school is me and what gives me a confidence with that is, and I tell this to my coaches too. I'm like, listen, like if you guys ever think, you know, you're too big for your britches and you want to do your own thing, like that's fine. Or you think like the school won't survive without you. That's fine. Understand it will. Because I'll teach it and it won't right. lose. I might lose one or two students, but I'm going to gain 20 or 30. Like It's never going to stop. But it took me a while to realize that. Really like, wait internalize
1: it. Yeah. That, that I'm not just full of shit.
0: Yeah. And what right. really did it for me was opening up the school and then it blew up. Opening up the second space and it blew up. COVID hit. School almost died. And then it grew again in a completely different way. Right. You know, like it completely... the. The dynamic at the academy changed while still maintaining the integrity of what I always right. wanted it to be. And, and it just gave me this, like you say, just breathing through my balls where I'm like, I've already got my next two or three steps in my head.
1: I'm always fascinated by that. I guess that that's sort of like my my thing. I'm like...
0: Well, Roy When Roy first came into the school, we would hang out. It was like six months in. It'd be like 11 o'clock at night. Our wives are calling us. And you know he'd be like, so what's, what's the next goal? And I would tell him. And he'd be like... You're thinking three, four, (laughs) five steps ahead. I was like, I have to. I was like, because the next goal is right there. And the one that I want after that, it's coming. I'm not worried about those two. I want what's all the way down the line. I want three or four schools. I want land in this town. I want to open up my own space where it's like, even if the school fails, I own it. It's me. Like, go ahead. I'll sell you the space. And I wanted to create something where if anyone wanted to open up a school in the Montgomery area, in the Somerset County area, it's like, good luck. Good luck. You've got to compete with this, with the way it looks. First of all, you need to have the size, you need to have the look, you need to have the, the the location. Then when people walk into your door, they have to feel the way it feels here. Good luck with that. I've been working on that for seven years. Had to get rid of people that I love with all my heart because it just wasn't going with what I wanted to do. And people say all the time, I walk in and right away, I was like, have I been here for six months already? In day one. And then we get to the actual jujitsu. Good luck.
2: You have an environment that is unlike anywhere else I've been. Um, and it's funny. So I come from powerlifting and, um, in my previous communities, I am known as the asshole, the strongest, but the asshole, oh, I was the big fish, okay. you know, like, um, and I would talk about environment and
1: you're still, would, by the way, you're still known as the asshole. <laughs> you just never mentioned that.
0: Yeah.
2: Sometimes it's fine. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like, absolutely. and I was okay with it at that point because I, I think. Was but I
0: think you have to be an asshole to succeed. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. If you're just a nice guy all the time, it's a problem. Well, like, the
2: thing was, I would tell people the things that they needed to hear. You came. You come to me. I'm a 727 pound squatter, and you're a 300 pound squatter. You're going to ask me what you need okay. to be doing. I'm going to remind you. It's because you leave your workouts early. It's because you give up on things. It's because you don't do the extra steps that you know that you like. It, a lot of the times it's like even in here in a lot, a lot of parts of life, like, you know, the things you're, you're not doing, mm-hmm. you know, like we yes, all know, you know, you know, procrastinate or whatever it is. And people didn't like that, you know, and I would, but I would talk about environment. I would talk about the feel. And I love that in here, like, as an, as an, like, I consider myself to just be an athlete. Like I could have gone to a lot of different sports, but coming here, like everyone applies themselves here. Like your hobbyists aren't really hobbyists here. Like No, it's wild. It's great. Like I remember Steve telling me, he's like our blue belts here, like aren't blue belts. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand. I like, I don't get it. I I didn't, I was outside the sport. I didn't understand how someone that's in that category could be transcend that. And then Vic choked me out in drills in my first class, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and He makes
0: like 130 pounds and right. takes the whole summer off to go tour Europe and eat spaghetti and all that shit. <laughs> I hate his posts because it's like always really,
1: really good looking dishes of food. And I'm like, damn you, Vic. And
0: chicks. you know? Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I wanted to create that environment where it's like, I never lie with students with like what you need. And, I, and I'm not the type of coach who's also going to micromanage you. I'm not gonna message you at two o'clock in the morning and be like, you know, you need to do this. You know, you did. it's not my life, man. Like, I, like you tell me you want to accomplish something, fine. I'm gonna help you get there. You start veering off, I'll remind you, like, hey, I thought you wanted to do this. Like, you got to get in here. But if this is what you want to do and you want to go to those concerts, go to those parties, have those beers, I'm not gonna tell you not to do that. It's your life, but I will remind you, like, hey that's why you didn't get this like go live your life i'm gonna let you live it but when you're ready to go after those things like like adjustments have to be made so i try to treat my students like like when you first ask your dad like hey can you teach me how to drive i wouldn't know what that's like but i'm assuming um and it's like all right like you asked for this and the second anyone asked me you know can i help with the kids and start coaching you asked for this i want to compete you asked for this. It changes. It, it changes our relationship entirely. You know, it's like when you watch like what was it? Uh, there's this movie Colors, right? About like California gangs and like the little brother's like I want in, and the brothers like once you're in, there's no turning back. He's like I want, it. and they jumped in. That's how I feel sometimes on these mats. But I also feel like it's because I give them that option of like if you want this, we're gonna suffer, but you've got to be willing to suffer. Everyone who's here wants to be here. You know, even like, you know, we have someone like Eric, White Belt Eric. He went to ADCC, you know, open, comes home with a third place medal. He's been training four, five, six months. You know, zero background jujitsu, jiu-jitsu, but it's an environment where everyone pushes, everyone attacks, but everyone also knows the limits. Like even someone like Roy, who's almost 60, you could consider him a hobbyist, but he's guaranteed to be here twice a week, every single week, consistently. You can't fuck with that. You can't tell this guy, like, how did you get your black belt? I want to get my black belt. Well, here's what I did it. I showed up two times a week, every week, for 10 years. How do I do it faster? Show up five times a week, every week, for eight years. That math doesn't add up. Then fuck off. It's literally that simple. I knew he was going to get his black belt the second I met him. He's like, it's regimented. And that regiment, even though he's not competing, he's not doing the competition rounds, do anything in your life, twice a week, every week, for 10 years. Good luck.
2: I love that you have a team of that, too. Like, I don't see you as often. I see Justin really often. Mm-hmm. And Justin speaks the same language as me. And we talk about systems. We talk about, like, consistency. We talk about training. Uh, the week before my competition, we did, like, pass protect. We were done. And he was like, yo, we did, like, a 10-minute round after pass protect. Yeah. And I didn't ask why. I knew why. Yeah. And I, 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 I – I, It's tough to find communities uh, that are like-minded to the way that I attack goals. Like, I know what I want now, intermediate, long-term. And it's really difficult to find other men that are willing to set those kinds of goals and just go after
1: them. Sounds to me like you've always had that, though. Mm -hmm. What I'm getting at is this. You came out of the band thing, but you didn't just play in the band. You succeeded at at a level. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious, like as far as let's let's talk about lifting like is that your philosophy just keep getting in the gym getting in the gym getting in the gym kind of thing or is there a different kind of philosophy that ties into your general life philosophy um i know that's a broad question but i was just really curious about what your philosophy is like when you first walk in here even
2: i'm extremely goal-oriented um but i also set very attainable goals for myself okay right like um Very literal analogy here. It would be, I mean, to say I want my black belt is probably a fine goal at this point, but it's not really something that helps me with direction, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's ten years away. That's that doesn't really help what I'm doing today, Mm -hmm. right? So instead, and and this was what I loved about joining here was that it helped me hone understand what do I really need to do today, right? Eventually, I learned uh, with Steve, I realized okay, first easiest thing for me to learn was just defense, like just. Hmm. How do I not just die? Right. Just surviving. Um, and then like talking more, talking more, talking more. Like, okay. Now I need to start. I need to start to actually like be able to replicate passing very consistently. Right. And it was just like little, little tiny goals. Right. Um, that's how it, and then if that adds up to something big. That
1: is the beauty of jujitsu. There's so many different segments yeah. to take on, you know, and Saturday
2: it's... I came in and I told Steve, I was like, just go down. Don't like, try to sweep me just just let me try to pass you for 10 minutes right you know because steve gets past, he can pass. he can sweep me in 30 seconds no no, no problem. he's so long right. yeah he's great and it was i, I tell you it's frustrated because he wanted to fucking throw me into the, the pilates room <laughs> but but I, but I was like just just let me work this one thing let me just repeat this you know like let me do my let me do my couple passing techniques here he's um, great for that too and that, but that's he'll that's play will
0: play whatever level you want to play at yeah he's just really great that way
2: yeah yeah Yeah,
0: the thing is, too, like you have those small goals, but like you're talking about, like you work with Justin and everything, and it's true, like you know, those white belts, early blue belts, like for me, I'm very like picky with who I like really start investing time in, especially like now, like we're seven years in. I've had I've had you know over five hundred students in this school, and the beginning, in the beginning, everybody gets my attention, and what happened was by giving everyone my attention, no one got it. So now, and that's how I get my coaches too. Like that's how I got Justin as a coach because people would always come in and be like, hey, this guy's really good. Hey, can you pair me with Justin? Can you pair me with Justin? And then I start listening to him and I'm like, huh. And then I was like, I want you to start coaching. And he goes, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I was like, that's not your decision to make. I was like, I make that decision and you are. And he wanted nothing to do with Nogi. He was so upset with Nogi. It literally was like me. Like, I was like, dude, once you take it off, I was like, it's like a condom. Once you take it off, you're never going back. <laughs> I was like, trust me on this. He's like, I don't know. He has this collection of like expensive geese, And it took off. But I knew it would. Uh, there's a couple of things he needs to work on, but we'll get to that point as far as like when he becomes a school owner. But I remember you had been here for like maybe like a month when like I was like, all right, we got a we got a former former current power lifter here, you know, coming from another school. Doesn't really know if he still wants to keep training jiu-jitsu. He's giving it a shot. I was like, you'll get my attention as an instructor, but we're not going to get that detailed attention yet. I think you had been here for like a month and you were having like some like guard passing problem. I was like, Ben, I'm going to regret showing you this. I was like, show me how you do a deadlift. And he's like, yeah, he does. I was like, all right, when you go double under, I was like, you bring both elbows in, come here. I was like, now what I want you to do is you're going to do a deadlift with their legs and they're going to roll belly down, and you're going to spin to the back. And he started laughing. And I was like, what? He's like, is that a real move? I was like, yes, it is a real move (laughs) that most people can't hit. But you can. I was like, it's a strong guy move that's very technical. And I think he hit it like that day, and he's like, why didn't anyone learn me that the first day? I was like, because if you would have learned that day one, it would have been a pain in my ass day one. But you got to earn it little by little. Right, huh? So now you know when guys get their time, and I get it. Like I know when I raise my hand and I'm like, come here. Like people are like, oh shit. Like I'm gonna train with Miguel, and I know like they're gonna try to fucking attack me. And it's hard because like some nights like I want to be selfish, and I want to just roll with Max and Manny and Felicia and like, but like it can't. Like I got to see how my students are doing. Mm. So I got to see where guys are. I got to see where some of these blue belts are at. Some of these white belts are at. And every time I roll with them, I'm like, Jesus Christ.
2: We had a roll a couple months ago. I was going up to vitamin shop. Uh, I came in on like a Monday and you and I just fucking rolled to the death. It was a geek class. And Mm. you and I just like, if the bell rang, we like rolled over. And it was like, it was one of those moments for me where I was like, okay. I'm not quitting this. Like, it, was just, it was just fun. You know? and, I, and I appreciate your, your story there. There's a, there's a story of like a really, really incredible strength and conditioning coach, Jim Wendler. He wrote this really incredible program that everyone runs. And he talks about it. in high school, uh, his dad was a janitor. And he, he led him into the weight room at the school that he, he taught at. Or he must have been like a middle school or something. He was young. And he trained there like a whole year. And after a whole year, the conditioning coach comes over and goes, you should do Romanian deadlifts and just walks away. And he's like, "Why didn't you tell me that?" And he's like, "You didn't earn it. You had to be right, here for a while." Because, yeah, yeah. and I get it. You know how many people I've written programs for, written diets for, mm-hmm. and, and you don't see them again. Yeah, it's in some ways it's heartbreaking. In some ways, it's insulting, right? Because you 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 spend that time, and it just it 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 just hurts to try to help someone and they don't end yeah. up going with it. You know,
1: I, I think a lot of mentors go back. through that sort of thing. You know, in, in, no matter what they are good at they get frustrated
0: with people that they give their advice to and i can certainly imagine from your perspective that was the first thing tom told me when i told him i was opening up a school he said you will never feel more rewarded in your life you will also never never feel more heartache in your life he's like you're going to give so much of yourself to these students for them to walk in one day and say yeah i need you to cancel my account why Hmm. "Ah, that's not for me i don't want to he goes or they just disappear and they cancel it with, you know, the billing company and it's you invested in them. Mm-hmm. You know, you trained with someone who I invested a lot, just didn't want to hear what I had to say. They went to another school and then they made, you were like, fuck this school. <laughs> and You mm-hmm. came over here. And I was like, yeah, I kicked yeah. them out of here. And, but the-
2: similar thing. I, I canceled my billing and they never called me. No. And, that, and that was, I don't know. I like to think that I have value. I think I add a lot to the room, frankly. Um, I, I push other people and I bring something. And I, I want to feel not that I, I'm a fucking white belt and I've embraced that extremely hard, but at the same time, like everyone wants to feel like they're part of something. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I think it may have been two months ago, we had a visitor for a white belt and like one of my friends in here did not have a great role with them. Mm-hmm. And Steve called me, he's like, we needed you tonight and i was like <laughs> so I was like, like like a gang fight happened and i wasn't there and i was like <laughs> i was like i fuck with that yeah i i like that you yeah. know well
0: yeah. then afterwards the kid was like he's like oh i have you've been training like a year i'm like
2: he had a picture in a blue belt on his instagram it, it, yeah i'm like got you yeah which i don't forget those things because then he came back but i also like that I, that like i'm not saying i hold grudges or anything but like uh like, just knowing that worth, that's important to me.
0: So, funny story. This is, Worthington came up clutch with this. And you know we When we first opened up, we had a guy come in. And he told me he was a white belt. Right? And I was he's like, yeah, but I've been training like three years. I was like, how are you a white belt? he's like, well, I'm in the military and I move around. I'm like, all right, that, I can see that. I've, I've known some like five-year white belts. I was like, yeah, come in, man. So I rolled with him. And the first night I rolled, I was like, you're not a white belt. I was like, I would probably give you like, you know, mid-level blue belt, early blue belt. I was like, you move very well. I was like, you're, you're not at the white belt level. And I think we've been open for like maybe like three months, not even that long. So he's like, yeah, I really like it here. Such a good environment. He goes, I like that you're a brand new school. So it's it's all white belts. Like it's only white belts. And I'm rolling with everyone, every round, every night. Like everyone's getting around with Miguel because I'm like, I got to get them good quick. Otherwise, I'm going to get bored. And I'm teaching everything I do. So I find out that not only is he not a white belt, but he actually trains at another school. So I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, why did you lie about your belt? And he goes, oh, well, you know, uh, I didn't feel like I was really a blue belt. I haven't trained in so long. Gives me a whole spiel. I'm like, all right, listen, don't lie about your belt. Like, just be honest about it. Like, it's up to you to uphold the belt, not the belt to live up to you. Don't get it backwards. I was like, wear your blue belt find out he's still training at his old school which bothered me because you're coming here because you want to and you just talked so much shit about your your old school I find out that he's still going to his old school using everything he's learning at the time leg locks were just starting to like become a thing so I'm learning all like the heel hooks and everything the way I'm learning it from Tom Gary Gordon before the BGA fanatics blows up so there's a lot of like you know intellectual value he's over there and using everything on these on his on his teammates finally he comes in and i'm like where have you been he goes oh, i've been busy with work and i pull up like his screenshots or i screenshot his i was like you're training at a different school and using my shit and he goes i'm not allowed to do that i was like no i was like you lied about it i was like what the fuck is wrong with you i was like if you would have come in on monday i would have beat the shit out of you but you waited till today and it's like dissipated but why are you still going there? And I'll never forget, he looked at me, he goes, he goes, well, I get my hard rounds there. He goes, I still need my tough rounds. I was like, what? I was like, so you come here to beat up white belts and feel good about yourself. And he's like, I I, I don't know what to say to that. I was like, do me a favor, get your shit, get the fuck out. I gave a huge speech that night. You remember that speech? Of course. And I said, Never again.
1: Because I was well, kind of surprised at, at that point. I was like, we're still a small school. Why would you get rid of money? Guaranteed money, in a I'm, sense. I'm kicking people and, out right away. <laughs> and you did it
0: a few times. A few times. Few times right of... My wife was losing her mind. She's like, can you pay the rent yet? I was, like, <laughs>
2: right. I was like, I'll tell you
0: what. If I don't kick them out, I'll never be able to pay the rent. So I gave this long speech. And in it, I said, we will never be the easy round. Not for each other and not for anyone else. I was like, we need to suffer in here so that that never happens again. About eight months later, his school holds an in-house tournament. And Steve had been training for like two months. And I'm like, I need you to wrestle and listen. Can you make this weight? He weighed in like, I think Steve was like 190. He took the fight at like 200. We go in their school Steve wins, wins with a submission and I stand up and I'm like no easy rounds baby no <laughs> fucking easy rounds I was driven by pettiness in the beginning I've and seen now, this video the yeah and earlier. now I'm just kind of like but that's where my confidence came from now where it's like I built that now nobody people come here now and they know like you're not going to get an easy round it's going to be it's going to be work yeah
1: I'm curious who uh I know this is sort of like one of these interview one-on-one kind of questions, but who are your heroes when you first started powerlifting? Like, was it the Arnold's? Was it like who? It's
2: a who? great question. Um, there's an Believe incredible me, my questions g- will go much, much more diminishing. <laughs> there's a gym in, in Columbus, Ohio called Westside Barbell. It's oh, the strongest, yeah. strongest gym in the world. Uh, and I, I'm exclusively, I train Westside style, which mm-hmm. is again, another reason that a lot of people didn't like me in that community. Cause they are known for being assholes, animals, animals just balls to the fucking wall bleed out of every hole you have like right. you know, you got, like taking it there and
0: he re- Lou, Louis recently passed away right he did yeah yeah, yeah. And,
2: and uh but i mean don't think that i didn't go he he had books for mma and jiu jitsu
0: but something I, must have driven it. you from music too. I want to hear more about the West side stories. Have you gone to train at the gym over there? No. Okay. No.
2: I've had a couple opportunities, but just never did. My era was like kind of past their prime. Okay. Um, uh, my la- two of my last coaches uh, were West side guys though. So, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of like that culture and today's culture in powerlifting is like the polar opposite. It's, it's, it's so weak and feminine now. And it's funny. Like I'd be like the big dude in the corner of the gym, like, fucking eat some food and let's do some shit and they're like trying to make 145 so that, that their 300 pound squat is more impressive at their lower body weight right, yeah i used to eat an entire apple pie before i'd go squat on sundays <laughs> <laughs> like i remember my last competition my coach told me if i didn't weigh in at 275 he wasn't gonna help me
1: but aren't there people like you grew up with like what the fuck? How did you blow up? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I'm saying? like, when did that? Was there something that was driving you? Or was or did you have a hero? Or like what? Like what
2: no, drove I just, this
1: transformation? I
2: just decided I wanted to be a strong. Sp- well, so okay, I dated this bitch. Now, in college. now there we get go. to it. There we Come go. On. <laughs> I don't know if you're, from, you're familiar with, with Animal with Pack. Bitches, of course. No. <laughs> animal Pack, right? and course. Animal, like yeah. they had these yellow animal shirts. Everyone mm-hmm. in the gym. Yeah, warm. and the guy, was, that,
1: the guy that guy that advertised it was a fucking monster. Huge, right?
2: Um, and I remember in college, I wanted one of those for my birthday, um, and I asked for a large. I was like, can you buy me a large for my birthday? She's like, you're not a large. You're going to have to cut the sleeves off. you buy a large? You're, you're never going to fill that out. Oh. Dude. I'm a triple XL, but for the record now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you <laughs> My so back that, also hurts. Right. My knees are
1: killing me. <laughs> so is that woman, that bitch? Fuck yeah. That, absolutely. Yeah. It always come down to women. Absolutely. Like, like, she told like the, me I couldn't do it. Like the same with Bro. you. The woman that yeah, said, "He's yeah, yeah, yeah. just, me a, just a hobby for you. Yeah.
0: I just lost a tournament and I was dating this awful awful female and uh, you know I'm like I'm like really upset like I really trained hard and it's blue belt I'm like what the fuck I lost in like the first round I'm just I'm so pissed and I'm sad and she wants to go to like a fucking bar with her friends on that Sunday and she's like oh are you gonna be in a mood all night and I was like I'm, I'm not happy right now I was like like I really rather just be home and she's like I get that you like this but it's just a hobby And I remember right there thinking she'll never fucking get it. And uh, yeah, now whenever I buy stuff or I buy a truck or pay for trips with my wife and I'm like, yeah, pretty good fucking hobby.
2: People (laughs) like that will never understand, though. Those are the same people that will look back and see you doing something be like, I can't believe you've taken it to this level. Right? That's what I was kind of getting at. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, this whole thing stemmed from that moment. Like, wow. I wanted an animal t- T-shirt, and she told me, you might as well just cut the sleeves off because you're never going to fill this out. Like, wow, animal pays me to tell them what to do now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I I took it, like, as far as I could. think everybody has yeah.
1: those moments, though. Like, what well,
0: drives you? I feel what, bad what's for that people that moment Spider-Man gave it a name. <laughs> Oh, it's like oh, I always I call it a Eureka it. moment. What it's called, a nexus event. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it's, yeah, it's some sort of yeah. event where it's like if it's not for this event, none of it happens. Yeah, you need it, yeah. and you need it, and a lot of times it's, and it's typically when it's like at least like with like in your situation or mine, like it's a girlfriend, and someone you care about who should care about the things you care about. And it's like man, like you're you're shitting on me.
2: Yeah, and yeah. you're just like
0: you know what, I'm gonna shit on everybody. Like I talk about my wife's friend Barry. <laughs> we never see eye stairs. to eye. But I will say this about Barry. Uh, she's been extremely supportive of like my jujitsu. jitsu I actually met her before I met my wife. She's the one who like kind of hooked us up. And I remember like working at like the steak shop and, you know, or at the steakhouse and we'd be outside and, you know, having drinks or cigarettes, whatever people were doing after working a double shift. And, you know, it'd be brunch. And they'd be like, what's everyone doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going home. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go train. She's like, you're going to go train right now? I was like, yeah. I was like, we got the, the pro team Nogi at 4 o'clock. She's like, you're not tired? I was like, I am. I was like, so I'm just going to drive straight there and just sleep in the car. And then whenever somebody shows up, I would have like Dante or someone knock on my window and be like, wake up, pussy. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I wouldn't even give myself the out. And she's like, you know what, Miguel? Just fucking keep doing it. Maybe one day it'll work out. And I was like, I, I really hope so. So she was watching East Coast Trials this weekend and her husband's awesome. Like he's always wearing like Montgomery shit. Like he's like she was like I need a hoodie for him. I was like yeah, I got you. She's like your husband is going to be fucking famous. She's like that guy hanging out behind the dumpster going to practice <laughs> after Sunday brunch is fucking doing it. And like those like those restaurant people, all my restaurant friends, they were the best cuz everyone in the restaurant business is trying to do something. Whether it's graduate college or become right. an actor, yeah, everyone's yeah, got that crazy dream, and that's what fits it in. So whenever it like it takes off and it works, like they never forget. Like I'll still get messages from like I posted a picture of myself and Kenny Florian, and this guy used to work with, sends me a picture. He's like, "Dude, I remember when we were watching Kenny Florian fight on pay per view. Good fucking mm-hmm. job!" And I was like, "It's wild." I was like, "I'm waiting to wake up from this."
2: I posted a picture with Jocko you know
1: same sort of yeah driving yeah uh, hero yeah absolutely
2: I, well yeah he was a big one for me when he did that good speech good. Good. that was a big one for me car won't start good yeah
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and i just i mean i have clients take my videos and run them as ads like put like mm-hmm. ads in behind them and then all of like people from my high school forward me the ad and be like is that you this is yeah this is incredible yeah and and yeah, there's a there's a there's a part of me that hopes that every ex girlfriend gets those ads. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like it, it's fine because we've talked about this. You're like what you are in jujitsu is kind of what I am in supplements. And I was like, well, I hope you're better because I'm fucking nobody in jujitsu. Um, but I will get people who like message me late at night and they're like, dude, I'm trying to get my niece involved in jujitsu, so I'm showing her jujitsu videos and look who I see, and it's like me ref and at worlds. And they're like, you're you're doing this. I was like, what? You guys think I'm like fucking lying? <laughs> like I'm working my ass off, but it does feel good, and it feels great. You know, today someone was like, I want to get my daughter involved in like jujitsu or something. You know, how'd you get your daughter involved? I was like, you can't use my kids as an example. It's like they didn't they didn't have a choice. They were born and they were on mats. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah. I keep trying to tell her to do it. She wants something to do with it. She says she want to do this. And I was like, have you tried doing it? And maybe she'll watch you do it and then she'll want to do it he's like nah i'm old i was like see how you have an excuse she's gonna have one too i was like you do it i was like i bet if you train for a week she'd start training
1: i think it's a different thing though for women i mean i don't know if they have do they have the same sort of goal oriented thing that guys have and men are very very sort of like
0: object oriented deep subject right there boy this yeah. is deep. yeah disney I, tells them all they gotta do is wait for prince charming Kinda, yeah. But I, I will say this, and Ben can attest to this: a lot of the women that were at ADCC this weekend who have never they're seen it—they're different it, kinds of girls. Though. But th- yeah, but it there—it's there, it's there. When you see that, and women are goal-oriented, it's just a matter of shifting the goals. Right. I
2: think, um, just speaking from personal experience, uh, my my Hannah met um, some of my friends. She met Katie. Hannah's she's your like, girlfriend. Yes, Katie's not yeah, yeah, best okay. Katie's great. Shout out she's to awesome. Katie. Uh, and she's like, okay. Katie like ripped an arm bar on me. She's like, Oh, that's, that's cool. She did that to you. And okay. And then the next day we go. <laughs> and then to... she repaired it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day we go and she's like, Holy, Holy shit. There's, there's women competing. Yeah. And I think like when you see men doing it as a female, you're like, I don't know if I want to do that's that. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I see. Like we watched the, um, Helena Mo mm-hmm. and, and Mo black. Yeah, and then also um, Brittany, the girl that beat uh, Katie. Like We were watching their matches. Brittany Elkin. Yeah. Yes. And she was like... From 10th Planet Bethlehem, not far away from here. No. And she was like, I see it. Like, I think some women can't see it when they watch men. But you watch women, you're like...
1: That's a really good point.
2: They're strong. They're athletic. They always talk
1: about that sort of like, you know, breaking the glass ceiling kind of thing. Yeah. I I absolutely think you're right with that. That's pretty amazing.
0: It's very different to watching the females do it. It's almost, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not the same. It is, but it's not in a weird way. It's almost more technical Hmm. and it does have a more, almost like an aggressive beauty behind it because these girls are still very aggressive, but it's in a way that's so like, you can't wait to watch it. it. It's, it's like, it's catty, but it's technical, but it's like they're gonna kill each other. It's and the this Theon is be fight. It. I love the
2: Theon. That fight. press conference, that all that's like all that stuff, like that was inspiring for women.
0: Till this day, she's my favorite match to have to have at a uh, Worlds, was uh, any of her matches. She just brings a fire that you can feel, and she's like, classy though too. Yes, she's like
2: like so. This is I mean you don't. I mean you know athletes are gonna be whatever they want to be, and that's their their choice to to build their own personal brand. But like. In the face of a press conference where you're getting just dogged by someone who isn't ranked as well as you, but they're, for whatever reason, talking trash and choosing not to engage in that, choosing to bring a positivity, choosing to show up and do what that woman's making fun of you for. Right, yeah. In spite of all that trash talk and then win and not trash talk back afterwards and be the bigger person. like. It's, it's a completely different, I think, completely different than women, or than men.
1: So what yeah. percentage of guys would you say... That other female was Jasmine
0: of... Hosha, by the way, who lost to uh, Mo Black, which I, I gave it the other way, but <laughs> What percentage voice...
1: of guys would you say, uh, kind of, because you're at the age now, 30, let's say, and you're definitely at the age pushing on 40. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Sorry. And I'm without a doubt at that age that I just see people accepting this mediocre lifestyle, you know? So
2: like, okay. So like my thing is I hate being mediocre in anything. Right. Like if I start something, I want to do it well and I want to do it the best that I can. I hate wasting time. I hate wasting money. I spent a lot of time in this sport. I like Miguel, your, your subscription to this place is not cheap. Like it's worth every cent, but if I invest things, I want to reap the max benefits that I can be some ROI. Right. Got it. I hate coming in here and sucking. I hate driving. I drive like 30 to 40 minutes to get here and back. Like I hate spending that and not going home better or at least with a lesson or something.
1: So few people
2: do that.
0: That's I don't such get it. A ri- I, I, I mean, that's I, what I was getting at. I don't understand it. I, I, I But don't. There's, there's so many schools and just businesses that in play along that don't understand that. Yeah, And I remember that's one of the things that when I opened up my school, Tom told me, he's like, yeah, you might get people that drive five minutes to get to the school and whatever. He goes, you've got to give them a fucking reason to come back. He's like, and it can't just be want to learn a Kimura. He's like, it's got to be everything. He goes, they've got to want to get in their car, pay you work all day, get in their car, drive 40, 30 minutes, an hour to you to train for an hour, hour and a half. And then drive another hour back. He's like, that's a commitment for people leaving their families, their kids, their spouses mm-hmm. for a night to go do jujitsu. And you're going to phone it in because you don't feel well.
2: I do doubles because the people that teach morning classes have a different game than the people that teach upper uh, uh, late another classes, trip. right? Yeah. Like to get into, to do that's max That's not done class? by mistake either. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, of course. Well, I was thinking, like, I was putting my thoughts together for for this. And one of the things I thought of is like, you know, like the whole, like, it takes a village. Right, like I go to Max for certain things. I go to Justin for certain Mm -hmm. things. You know, like I, I know that I'm not going to get a lot of Miguel's time. Right, so when I do get it, I, I have a very specific thing. You,
0: you finally got like the official, like rub. Like I pulled you aside. I was like, hey, if you ever need a question, like, just pull me aside. And you were like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, doesn't matter what I'm doing. Just, I got you.
2: Well, you you know, you mentioned like (laughs) when you call people over, it's a test. You want to know. You want to see like what's happened. Yeah, I was very very disappointed Tuesday that you weren't at the end of class. Yeah, uh, you know, because I, I know those. I understand because you don't see me often, right? No. Like, and and you don't feel me often. So I understand that you need to track the students and understand what's 100%. happening. Hundred percent,
0: and it's it's funny because. My plan was to roll on Tuesday night. I had every intention of rolling, and then when I saw you, I was like, "I gotta get one." Like, as people come in, I'm like, "Who am I gonna get around with?" And I was like, "I gotta get around with Ben." I was like, "I gotta see where his progressions at because I know you're strong, but are you moving the right way?" And man, my legs were just still yeah. shit from the weekend. So I got you the next time though for yeah. sure. <laughs> First well, round.
2: Well, it's it's f- <laughs> great. It's it's funny because like I I know like you could listen to Steve. You could listen to Justin, but like, I know you, you want to feel, you want to experience you and I, I get what you do. I like how you'll accept certain things to see where do you, where does Ben go with this? What does he do? What, do, what does he, well,
0: yeah. And then I go back to them and I tell them exactly what needs to get fixed. I'm like, oh, listen, yeah. when you're working with Ben, like he really needs to work on this. Like, I don't know why you guys thought that was good, but it's not, or I'll be like, how has no one noticed that he's doing this very, very well. I was like, we need to build on that. And I just give what I see. And, you know, and then Justin is just, he's so good with the technique and the X's and O's. It's actually, like, very special where he's at as far as that aspect of it. And then Steve is just, you know, he's that guy. We're like, it's like, let's see where you're at. And it doesn't matter how good you are, how new you are. He's going to be able to, like, take in all the data from that role and then come out and be like, hey. He's getting pretty good.
2: <laughs> I have so much love for Steve. Um uh, Steve and I worked out for a lot for many I know I've seen a long time. Like we worked out at a gym together when, where I was, and yeah. it's funny because he knows he he knows the asshole that I was. <laughs> yeah. But he'll tell you, like, I I was the big fish in the pond, right? Like there was no one that squatted or deadlifted or benched near me. Right. Like there just wasn't. And you you came to me for help and I'd be happy to teach you. But when I showed up here, he came over and he was like, I got you. All the times that I helped, that you helped me in the gym, because I, you know, I, I gave him tips, I helped him lift all that stuff. He's like, "Just show up, I got you."
0: And he, he really did, because I remember he's like, "Hey, that guy Ben, I work with him, I lived with him at Diesel." I was like, "Yeah," he goes, "Yeah, strong." I was like, "Is he gonna be a fucking dick?" He's like, "Nah, I told him just come in and learn." He's like, "He's gonna be good. He's gonna be good, bro. If we can," Steve says the same thing. He Goes, "Bro, if we can get him to buy in, he'll be good." I'm like, all
2: right. <laughs> well, when Vic was um, traveling and injured. Uh, Steve was picking up a bunch of those classes. Yes. And so I would literally come because I knew I was gaming this a little bit, but I knew if I showed up to Steve's class when he had four people, I'd get a lot of time. Yeah.
0: And in the summer, that happens a lot. Yeah. A lot.
2: I came to, I would move everything. I told my entire company no meetings, nine Eastern Standard Time, <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday.
0: So I'm curious. Now but that that's kind, a, yeah. but like you saw that opening. Sorry, Roy, but like, no, that's, right. that's so like when Roy's asking like, how did you take this off? It's like, that's how sometimes you got to see that one little opening and it's like, I'm taking full advantage of that.
2: When mm-hmm. I showed up here, I saw that you guys have, well, let me put it this way. I have a decent amount of ego and I hate being a white belt. I hate being a beginner. I hate, in, in, in this, I know you probably hear this from beginners, but like I, just the general idea, I hate being the beginner. Like I want to pick it up, mm. I want to get moving. I'm not saying I want to be purple, brown, black, but that like the confidence that Manny and Max have at blue, where they're just grinding. They're you not the pick. bottom of the barrel. Mm-mm. That's all I want to be. I want I just let right. me let me learn, like like just just being that intermediate. That's just like coming in every single day. And That's all I want. That's which is really that, interesting
1: because they always say that blue belt is where most school people quit. People really quit. And but you, I knew that if I, just get there, grind. if I can just get there, yeah,
2: if like, yeah, I just get there, yeah. Like I just keep just every time I come in, I learn something every single. Right. And yeah. that was what I fell in love with this school, um, because I showed up to my second class and Leo came over and he was like, "Hey, come over and sit down. I'm going to show you something." I don't remember what it was. You do the same thing every single time I see you. Come over here. And let me see your half card. Yeah. Every single time I came, I mean, it, that, that died at a certain point when I became a regular. Mm-hmm. But early on, every single time I showed up, someone would pull me aside.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that we do here that I started doing early. And I told everyone, I'm like, I, I'm, my job is to get the first batch of guys as good, as fast as possible. And then I told these guys, I was like, your job is to get the next batch up to speed. And then they get the next batch up to speed. So that's why you have like these blue belts and purples. they like, when these white belts come in, it's like, hey, you got an extra five minutes? Come here. I want to work on this with you. So we're just, everyone's getting all this attention. and People are like, holy shit, they're so nice here. And it's like, yeah, we're nice, but we want to fucking get
2: you to speed with the program so we can go. Because this is going team. to be way more fun in a month. There's a team here. And I think that is something that, I haven't been to a lot of schools, but in a lot of communities across a lot of different places people miss that um no one tries to injure each other here mm-hmm. because that's a training partner that's lost mm-hmm. um you know the, the school that i came from like there was no team atmosphere there was no camaraderie where if i make that guy better he'll make me better yeah right on and people here get that yeah you know i have been around it took
0: at- it took a lot of work like for that i will say i'm proud okay. of i busted my ass to create cuz i okay. told people i'm like listen if you hurt someone we're down a guy, and it's it doesn't matter if they're new or old. We're down a guy. I was like, and if they're new, they're never coming back. And if we injure enough new guys, no one new is coming back. So now you're gonna have Bill, who works in accounting, who's doing jujitsu, gets hurt in the first three months. Now his wife's pissed. His kids aren't coming to train. He's gonna go to work. They're gonna be like, told you not to do that jujitsu stuff. It's a young man's game, and it just becomes counterproductive. Take care of your toys
2: yeah it drives me nuts my business partner did jujitsu in uh in college and then uh like two years ago he did it for a while and he has the exact injury that i have which is like c67 uh radiculopathy which like you get pain and numbness through your hands mm-hmm. Um, and anytime we talk to anyone with jujitsu he's like yeah you know you get injured with that stuff you get injured and i'm like I'd bite my tongue because I don't. You know, like I really don't need the conversation. But like, there's no reason you have to get injured doing this. Like no. There's absolutely zero reason.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen. The injuries are going to happen, and it's always typically it's like, nah, You know, I, I pushed it harder than I should have. But how many times have you gotten here injured here? Uh, yeah. Look,
1: I, I, injuries are haphazard. They're not like one of those. It's not that kind of sport.
0: No. But but you played pickleball two times and you were and out I got for really, a month. Really hurt.
2: And I'm, I, I'm done happens. with pickleball because of that. Yeah. It, it happens. Is, but yeah. you, you don't want to feel malicious intent in terms That's of that. That's
1: exactly it.
2: And that was the first thing, um, you know, I really don't, I don't want to talk badly about anyone. But I came, when I came to you, the first class, you sat down with me afterwards, mm-hmm. which I really, really fucked with. Like, a lot of trials. You were like, oh, cool. Awesome. See you later. Whatever. Like, you, you know, sometimes you bring people in here. I don't, I don't know what that conversation is like. But you sat down with me on the mats. And you asked me what I wanted to do. And you asked me where I was from. And we started getting this conversation. And I mentioned to you, like, in my second class ever, I had gotten, like, just repeatedly bullied. We were tra- we were drilling back escapes. Right. And this fucking kid was just ripping rear naked on me. I don't know how to escape a rear naked. Right. Like, right? right. like, I'm so new to this. No one from the school did anything. And, like, I feel very confident here that if, some- if that was happening to a new person, like... I could name a handful of people that would hand out like an ass whooping, you know? Hmm. And you explained to me like what that meant to you, what you've done in the past. And I was like, I I have, I have a very like a team spirit, like, like my people, I care very, very deeply about. Um, And it doesn't take a lot to be on my team. Like I'll go really hard, but I want to be around people who feel that same way. And I I feel that when I'm here.
0: I I mean, again, and like, I'm the same way. Like if I fuck with you, I fuck with you all the way. But once I don't like you got to get you're done with everyone like it's done. But can I just ask a question? Yes, sir.
1: What does fuck with you mean? So I'm getting sense. That <laughs> I'm <not laughs> <figuring people.
2: laughs> you're like, I don't know. I just I, I like like. If I fuck with that, I vibrate with that. I feel yeah. related to that. I feel okay, like so whatever. it's not
1: fucking with somebody in a bad way. It's fucking no, with no. somebody in a good way. Okay. Yeah. Please continue, boys. Yeah, yeah. It, it's different. Like, in your end, it's, <laughs> it's
2: like, like, you're like, oh, I f- oh
0: it's like, ah, oh, f- I fuck with that guy all the time at work. Whereas now, it's like, it's like, yo, you see that guy over there? I say, yo, I fuck with that. Or like, yo, do you like, I'm listening do you to like you guys Morgan? Sam, sorry. Or, I- or like, <laughs> Manny's he- like, Manny, you like Morgan Whalen? Oh, I fuck with Morgan heavy. Like, that's like that's your wow. guy. Okay. But all right. I came up from a school. When I was a white belt, all right, Dante, and this is this is where, this is why you got to know your professor's lineage. When I was a white belt, I was training at Ricardo Almeidas, and I remember Dante Rivera just had a fight for Cage Fury when they first were around, and he wins by like I think a uh, straight ankle lock, just pow. Uh and afterwards the guy like kicks Dante, so now. You know, they're separating it, and his team runs into the cage, and they start trying to, like, jump on Dante, and our team jumps in. It was Tom, Haas, Ricardo, High, and Gracie. They run in and start laying motherfuckers out. Boom, boom. Without a doubt. no No question about it. They had to have a meeting. With the New Jersey State Athletic Commission. They got an apology from the other school. And I remember watching that on TV. There's a great picture of like Tom like yelling at the guy on the ground after he laid him out. Uh and I remember I was like, Yeah, I want to be part of that. Go back to before that. Ricardo was fighting in pride. Um or I'm sorry, Pancrase when he won the King of Pancrase belt against Nate Marquardt. He gets a guillotine, you know, maybe holds it for a couple seconds too long. And then Nate Marquardt punches him after he lets go. Henzo jumps in the ring, kicks Nate Marquardt right in the face. And he has a quote. He says, a good friend will break up a fight. A great friend comes in with a flying kick. <laughs> so it goes from Henzo down. It's just like, that's what we learned. And that's what like I instilled here. So when people are like, oh, where did that come from? I'm not making up a bullshit story. I'm telling you how my my coaches did it, how my coaches' coaches did it, how my professor's professor's professor did it. And it's like this is your team, this is your this is your tribe and yeah, like we're no one's going to beat us up more than we're going to beat each other up. And we're not going to beat up the Cubs. Like we got to make sure the Cubs get strong and confident so that they can eventually be a conductive member of the pride. And anyone who wants to come to that the fucking pride can come get it. And guess what? Maybe they can fuck with our pride but we're part of a much, much bigger pride and we'll just come with bigger lines every single fucking time. Hmm. Yeah. That's where my confidence comes from.
1: <laughs> Question. I'm curious now. We're kind of coming towards the an hour and a half mark, so uh, I almost I, I begin to wrap up this whole thing. As a marketing business person, what would be like three to five things you would say to get somebody interested in BJJ? Like, how would you market this? I'm curious from your, from your perspective.
2: Um, there's a lot of ways to go with that. Okay. And I think it has a lot to do with the person. Um, cause there's a lot, I mean, just watch that video that I, I did, right? Like what it did for me. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different, like, depending on what that person is missing in their life, there's a lot of things to talk about. Right. Um, for people who are listening to this, I'm six foot three, 240 pounds. I used to be right. 280 pounds. No one fucks with me in the first place, but that doesn't mean that I felt confident that if I needed to do whatever I needed to do, mm-hmm. I knew what I was going to do. Right. Um, even just having been here 10, almost 11 months, I'm not saying that I'm fucking, you know, you're comfortable in whatever, but I'm comfortable with whatever right? goes down. Right. Like if something happens, I feel comfortable controlling another person. Right right that's i think that's like a really base like mm-hmm. self defense you know um i think that appeals to to guys
1: in other words if they are in a position like there's so many guys that see violence let's say and they just kind of walk away and then they kick themselves saying why why did i walk away
0: from that you also get you're forgetting something too a lot I of guys a lot of, things, a lot of guys huh? already think they can fight yeah and then when they realize that they don't know how to fight they're like, Dad, that jiu-jitsu shit's bullshit. I'm going to go learn Krav Maga. It's like, where's the nearest Krav, Krav Maga school? Do oh, my boy trains it. Bro, I'm telling you. For the longest time, the hardest I people I think most to guys get...
1: are cowards. I think yeah, they yeah. see a fight and they, like, they kind of back away. But 100%. the ones
0: who want the fight think they can fight. And then when they come oh, that, to a jiu-jitsu yeah. school and learn they can't, they want nothing to do with it. For the longest time, the hardest people to get to train was cops. Cops were the hardest ones to get in here. And I understand the psychology, like you have to go, you know, protect the streets and anything can happen at any moment. But then, you know, three hours ago at the seven o'clock class, you got your ass kicked by this like 130 pound curly headed Jewish kid named Max. And you're like, what am I going to do when like this six foot four animal comes after me? Right. So it messes up. But now, like even that's starting to change thanks to like, you know, NJLEO BJJ. Um, shout out to those guys. Uh, Matt and Scott. So the ego is the worst thing. And, you know, you always hear like, you know, leave your ego at the door.
2: That's really hard to do.
0: Leave some of it at the door. Bring a healthy amount of it in. You know, if you have no ego, you're going to tap to everything. You want to have a little bit of an ego to really push it, but you don't want to have an ego where you're getting kicked out of the fucking store.
2: I also think there's has to be enough ego to want to come back better too. Yes. Right. I call that the
0: drive home ego. I love
2: love that. I,
1: you know, I'm driving home. I'm like, God, I suck at this, but I got to come back to figure this shit oh, out. Oh, dude,
2: I'm excited for that. You, <laughs> have know you what I mean? Have you had like the quiet drive home yet? <laughs> <laughs> you and I have talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah Oh, yeah. dude, I have a, th- I mean, on some nights it's a 45-minute drive home. Yeah. Where I f- don't even realize I never turn on the music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just
2: like, geez, I have Like, what so happened much to me? Yeah. Dude, I,
0: I would have nights like during training camps at Tom's. And Tom is an hour and 20 minutes from me. I wouldn't turn on the radio once and I'd get to the house and my wife would be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'll be in a, l-. I'm just driving circles because <laughs> I've got to get it out of my head. Like how, how did nothing work tonight? How am I competing in six weeks? How is like, and then there's some
2: nights where it's like music's on full blast. I'm like, I'm the shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everything I do works.
2: Yeah. My, one of the best things that I've come to find here and understand that it's not negative, but it's like, and I see it in Steve the most. I'm sure everyone else does it, too. But Steve's the most outwards. And he also just texts me about it. But like, you get a heel hook on Steve, like, watch out next class. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I was joking with you about this. Last night, a kid heel hooked me. And I was like, Thursday, he's dead. Was it Noah? Yeah. He's but, so tough. Does he listen to this? Because I'm like, I don't, I don't
1: know. Noah's <laughs> the reason I'm going to the dentist tomorrow. Brian. I caught an elbow right in my fucking knee. He's tail.
2: tough, dude. He's 15 Dude, and he's angry at the world. I smothered him after he did that shit to me. I think he like, gurgled. I heard, <laughs> I heard him like choking on my sweat. I was like, yeah, fuck you. Steve, You I, little fucking 15-year-old. Is he 15?
0: Your... <sighs> yeah, he's like 15, 16. I ask ask Steve what happens to him after like he catches me every now and then. I just like take my deep breath. I was like, and now you die. <laughs> and like, I'll be tired. I'll be dead too when it's over, but yeah. gotta let him know. But like
2: loving that. Yeah. You know, it's so much fun. So how do you get
1: to, how do you get that across to somebody to get them in the door? It's a
2: game. It's a game. It's a, it's, I don't know how to explain that. Like, uh, Hannah was like really nervous about the the concept. She wants to get into it. She was really nervous about the concept of violence, right? And okay. It's difficult to be. We're we're not used to being close proximity to other people. Violence right. is rare now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, and I think I'm very passionate about kids being adept at like wrestling at least, like being able to be comfortable controlling someone else and being mm-hmm. close, and whatever, and closing that distance, like not actually in a fight, but like the thought of like, okay, I'm going to drive a half hour to go fight people. That's a lot. Yep. It's a game. At least in my eyes. It is. I, I try
0: to tell everyone. I was like, you're just doing stuff in here that your parents would have broken up at Thanksgiving dinner when you were a kid. Yeah. It, it's Don't overthink it.
2: I think if you look at something like, uh, like judo, it's easier to understand. It's a game. Mm-hmm. There's no submissions or anything. I think the submissions is really what makes it like the level it is, which is yeah. also what I love about it. Yeah. Like it's it, not just pinning.
0: Yeah, it's the ultimate, say uncle. So you got me. Like that. uh, Rogan says it best. It's like, I try to kill you and then you try to kill me. And then we go again. (laughs) Because it's true. It's like, if I get to a point in a fight where I can break your arm, that fight's over. Like, you're dead. Like, if if it's, you know, zombie apocalypse or we get invaded, like, it's over. Now I'm going to beat you with that arm and steal your weapons and your food and have my way. Uh, But it's got to just be fun. I have a question. You're coming from like the powerlifting background, and what are some of the parallels that you see between that world and what's happening? Like, God
1: damn
2: it, you sold out from me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a
0: right. I've only done almost hundred episodes with you, Roy. I know. Well, I
2: will tell you that what I prepared to say. One of the things I thought about with this was that jujitsu forces me to do all the things that I wish that I could force powerlifters to do. I have to leave my phone off the mats. I have to be present. If I don't mm-hmm. listen to you between the rounds, I have no fucking clue what we're doing next time. And that's it. I, I don't know if everyone takes this as seriously as I do, but you don't have a barbell to lift. Like you have a training partner that needs you to be there. Mm-hmm. And it really, it, put, it pisses me off to no end when I drive 45 minutes here. And this very rarely happens, but that person isn't paying enough attention for me to have a good class. I, those are the quiet drive homes for me. I drove 45 minutes and I don't get better.
1: You keep referring to that like a quality effort and you're paying for it. Yeah. You've got to get quality output. Yeah. When that. you
2: put me with Justin, like that's the best thing that could happen. When we line up and you start putting us with people, like I know how the next hour is going to go for me. I'm not judging people in here. Everyone has their own priorities and stuff, but like I came to learn. Mm-hmm. right? I, the, I, think, I don't know well, if a
1: lot of people have that attitude. Do they? Here's
2: the thing. I work in fitness. This is my job. Quite frankly, I treat this extremely importantly because uh, the next time I compete, I don't want to lose. I want to post on my business page that I fucking went home with gold. That's very that's my job. Like I have like my personal brand for me was being like like I was top 150 powerlifter. You know, like I was doing incredible things. I was like lifting weights that people dream of. Right. And so for me, I take it extremely seriously. I don't like doing things and not like taking them to the distance that I could, especially when it's something professional for me. So
0: I'm glad you brought up like pairing you up with Justin. One thing that I do here and all the coaches do it, you go to most schools and it's like, all right, they, they pair everyone just like that. And then like maybe they'll adjust the women and that's it. I really take my time with partnering people up because I want to make sure everybody gets a good class out of it. And sometimes it's like, "Uh, this is going to be this way, but like not everyone gets Justin. Not everyone's going to get Max. Not everyone gets Manny because to me, I don't want to say that you have to earn those rounds, but you kind of do, you know, like if you're a brand new white belt, I'll, I'll give you Max or Manny. Yeah. Let's see how you do your first two weeks with Max or Manny. If you start elevating your level and you're picking because they they're great instructors, then you know what I'll keep it going this way. But if I notice that you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Oh, it's like okay, you know what? You're gonna go with this person now, or I'll give you someone closer to your level. Go who, with the old guy. Or no, I'll <laughs> what I'll do is I'll put them with like, uh, you know, like a like an like a blue belt, like an up and coming blue belt. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I need you to be a senior student tonight get this guy to the next level. So now that new student's not losing anything. He's still gonna get great training and great a great senior student, but now that senior student who's a you know brand new white belt or maybe a higher level blue belt really has to hone in on the coaching aspect and getting that person to start understanding what we're doing here. It's like that's the challenge. Anyone can come in here and train and get better. The challenge is when it's your turn to start making someone else better. Can you do that? And that's very hard for a lot of people, but like, we, we don't have a hard time with it. Like, I don't care who I could put people with. Like, they're going to get a good round regardless. Even with some of our women now who have, you know, are, are blue belts. But you got Felicia. You got Denisa. You got Simona. Like, they've become the female leaders of this school. It's like, you know what? I don't have to put you guys together. I need you to work with this guy. I need right. you to work with this and let them know, like, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't do what I tell you to do.
2: I hope every single pass protect round that I get Felicia. I've never passed I've got really close. She now. inverts close now. so well.
0: You yeah. gotta like muscle a little bit and be like, get the "Fuck off me."
2: There was a moment where I was like, "Okay, I, I, I have to use my weight." Like she's that you, good. You have to. Yeah, I know. And I, 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 I hate like uh, uh, patronizing anyone, right? But you know, I think like subconsciously all men do it, right? And then. Uh, Tuesday she, I got off and she's like, you're really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I've never heard
1: Felicia cop to that. Though. Oh yeah. She never. Yeah. I got it. to
2: like three quarter and I was piking, in on and she's, I don't even know what she did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, 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 the biggest compliment for me was, uh, you asked Justin who he wanted and he picked me Yep, and I was like, I'm doing something right here, but I will say, um,
1: I think people really want to test their jujitsu out with different body types. For sure. And your body type is one that you better have your
0: technique down. Yeah. You know what I'm it saying? He was all for it, and then I was like, we're going to work on some wrestling today. Just, I was like <laughs> Neither to one me. of us were happy that. <laughs> <laughs> when I came
2: here, I was really adept at scrambling and brawling. Mm-hmm. I know how to – I'm really good at laying my weight. I know how to – I know where my body is in space. I had no clue – Anything technically. I didn't know what underhooks and overhooks were. Mm. I, I didn't understand these things. And I remember like I had uh, the one one time I was I was extremely embarrassed in here. Um, I was like positional drilling with Justin. And he was just driving chest to chest connection, flattening me out and just passing, just mauling me. And he stops. And I've never heard him curse at me or like really or, or anyone or like, like kind of get pissed off. Uh, He's like, why the fuck aren't you framing on me? this was like maybe my first month. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, show me exactly what I need to be doing. And it showed me. And like, I've never not done it since. And I I, I need that. Like, it's yeah. a, 100% okay to tell me I'm fucking up. Tell me what I... Like, mm. put me in the right frame of mind. Tell me what to do. And I'll do that. I, yeah. I take instruction well. And I. that's one thing
1: for I think me. a lot of bigger guys, when they do this, they they are reluctant to apply their weight. They're reluctant to put it on people because i think i don't know in their head they're like i don't want to hurt anybody or whatever it happens to weight be. and
2: strength are two different concepts that i think people conflate a little bit too much without a doubt um i've done a really good job because i know a lot of strength athletes that came into jiu-jitsu and i knew don't use your strength but using your weight is differently right when i pressure it's i'm not i'm not like like i, I, I can deadlift a lot right like i can mm-hmm. i can pick people up right that's, that's one thing but like when i'm pressuring into someone that's not using strength that's
0: that's, That's like technique in my it's opinion, right? leverage, It's leverage, it's body position, it's weight distribution. I know guys who don't weigh much, but when they get on top of you, you're like, oh, he's heavy and you can't move. Mm. And it's like, how does this guy fight 145,
2: 155? Ben say, fucking bruised the shit out of the inside of my, my cheek last week. That kid's tough. Yeah. 17 years old. I love going with that kid. My favorite rounds in here are actually the lightweights because it's like a yin and yang with me. Mm-hmm. I, dude the amount of times i want to ask you for vid- the video of me and max wrestling is like hilarious uh it, it's so much fun for me to go against someone who has the absolute exact opposite skill set that i have
0: and those are always the toughest rounds like for me max victor those rounds are felicia those rounds are always so taxing because i have to really change my whole game style you know Manny's rounds are tough, you know, rolling with Justin is always super tough, but it's different. Like, you know, we're both going to be strong. We're both going to, you know, be, use our athleticism, but those three in particular, especially Vic, because his body's type is so, he's got very short limbs. So it's like, if you go for an arm bar, by the time I sit back, I'm, he's out. And I'm like, this is awful. So it makes it a lot of fun and it forces you to really utilize your jujitsu.
2: Yeah.
1: Since we got you here, i got to ask you some supplement questions here, yeah. if you don't mind. I have one last jujitsu question before we stop
2: Go. at the end. Huh? I have, uh, extremely open-ended question, um, and there's no I don't think there's any right answer for this, but... Let me lay out a few sentences, and then you answer the question for me. So, jujitsu is a huge mass of knowledge of moves, and there's a counter to every move, and there's a counter to the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In a situation with equal amounts of education and knowledge around moves, um, you know, equal athleticism, all of these things, does it just simply come down to timing and game plan? It comes down to tactics. Uh, it, it's
0: no different than like war, right? You see some powerhouse, you know, countries, they've got the same weapons, the same military, the same everything. So what, what is the difference? The intelligence and the tactics. Um, which is what I've really been working on this week, and speci- specifically because of ADCC.
2: The rule set thing is something that's very interesting to me because I personally am not um, not interested in, in uh, appeasing a bunch, a panel of judges or referees necessarily. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the fact, I enjoy the uh, the combat factor. Um,
1: you want to sub people? Yes. Yeah. No doubt. Hundred percent. See, I come at it from a different direction. When I think of what what. Gordon does to me is amazing because he's putting out all these videos, literally showing you his game. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's his tenacity. It's the not, you mentioned it, uh, Miguel, when you, when you were talking to the, before the fight, some people's hearts were going a mile a minute and some people were like comfortable in the, uh, you know, in the lion's den kind of thing. I think that's what really sets it apart. Like, there were many, many times when I played, you know, one-on-one basketball with people that that were just as good as me. I think what separated it, though, was the fact that I said, I am not going to lose. And I think it's the same thing in this.
0: Yeah. You can watch a lot of these matches, man. Like, it's it's a small tactical error. You'll see someone be like, you should have, you know, put the underhook there. Or you should have abandoned the underhook. Or we should have put a butterfly hook in there. You know? If I have a round with Justin, that round is going to be very different if I have a butterfly hooking in my half guard versus if I don't. It's a tactical thing, you know, selling one thing and not the other. That's that's what it comes down to. It's who can execute the game plan, and that's hard for a lot of people in this sport.
2: Yeah, the 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 question is funny to me because you know I've watched, I watch a lot. I mean, I, I work on social media, so it's very easy for me to sit down and. Waste six hours watching YouTube videos of John Danaher. I do <laughs> I probably do it a little more than I'd like to admit for my skill level. Um,
1: ben, you must move your hand this way. <laughs> Good movement,
2: Mr. <Lisa> Kane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you idiot!
2: <laughs> but it's 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 interesting because like you know having having watched um, a lot of skill sets, like I understand what you're saying. Like there's 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 small little things, but I I I almost want to. Are there like, right now, Gordon's like the GOAT, Nogi, Marigali's the GOAT, I'm sure someone's going to be mad about saying that. But how many times have there been like GOAT versus GOATs? Like, have there been super fights at that kind of level? Have we gotten there yet? Because it seems to me like the sport's growing so much that's coming.
0: We've had some. The closest one we've had was uh, uh, Hadra versus Buchecha. Where Boucher was on a tear, winning gi worlds, no gi worlds, ADCCs, and then he had a match with Hodger. Was it Metamoris he had a match?
1: I was. I, all I know is like about six or seven years ago, and man, Hodger showed up.
0: Hodger came out of retirement for that match. Yeah, he won, right? Yeah, he yeah. sure
1: did, man. And the funny thing is, that with that fight, he it was on its feet for four or five minutes. Mm-hmm. And just the patience factor, the fact that they weren't influenced by the, by the crowd saying, come on, come on, come on. Because once it went down, I, he would, you just saw a completely played different a game. Yeah.
0: Very basic game too. just execute it perfectly. That's kind of what
1: I was getting at with uh, just the patience factor, the the being calm in the lion's den factor. And you're going to impose your game on somebody else. It's just
0: kind of the way I view it. Cool. I asked Hodger a jiu-jitsu question when I was a blue belt. I was fortunate oh, I to train with story, him, yeah. and I just I was like, I was like, Professor, I keep I keep getting bumped over. Like every single, and this is I'm a fucking blue belt. This guy's the goat, and like I'm not, I'm, you know, I think I understand, but now looking back, I'm like, you really had no idea. And uh, he's like, okay, man, he's like, get in the mount. He's like, show me how you hold mount. And I showed him. He goes, okay, relax. And he lifted up my post hand, and he moved it over about six inches he goes, now bump. And the guy bumped and nothing. He goes, it was just too narrow. He's like, you don't want to go too wide because then you fall over. He's like, you just want to find that right spot. Find the shoulder. You want your hand to come diagonal from their shoulder. Drop your chest. And now they don't move. And I was like, I'm a fucking moron. I'll never ask you a question again. <laughs> yeah. But it was that simple. And that's that, the guys at that level... Their explanations are so easy. I remember one time I asked Gordon, I was like, dude, I'm trying the knee slice, I'm trying I can't get past this guy guard. He's like, Have you tried walking around his guard? I was like, What? And he goes, I'll show you. And he literally just did this thing where he controlled the ankles, pinned them to the ground, and then just walked around the guard.
2: My favorite thing with that kind of stuff is like, you know, I, I can do two hours with Justin of that, control the ankles, mm-hmm. walk around da, 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 da. come back Tuesday try that on steve doesn't let me grab his fucking ankles. You know? <laughs>
1: that's the human chess
2: aspect yeah. of this i love thing. it yeah. you know what i mean like it doesn't discourage me one bit i mean how do you think i feel i teach everybody my
0: half guard and deep path and then i go to train and i'm like ah everybody knows what i'm doing yeah it's great because i have to adjust but i'm like jesus
2: christ i love uh I, t- I take it as an extreme compliment when people notice where i got things from i i did i don't know what the name of it is but like uh I hit I hit like a little pass on Max, and as I'm settling into his chest, he goes, "You've been working with Justin." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got a very specific game. You can tell right away. It works for me. Yeah.
2: yeah. Supplement questions. Let's, let's do it.
1: There are so many different kinds, but there are three that I guess that that make the most sense. Uh, the pre workout. I mean, give me like. I, I, to be completely honest with you, I don't really get much out of supplements. I've been lifting since I'm 20-something years old, and it's like I'm in the game, like, doing it for 40 years. I don't get much out of sight. Is it a 5% thing? Is it, like, a...
2: Well, I think this is a disparity between, like, marketing and, like... uh, And and, and and true effects. true effects, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the purpose of a pre-workout is to... I mean, there's a lot of different things. It's going to give you a better workout, though. The goal is for Does you it? to walk out That's what I'm that. Yeah, okay. that's the goal, right? So, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a there's a variety of different avenues you could go for that. You could increase uh, energy, which is typically done through like stimulants. Right. Um. There's performance boosters. There's pump enhancers.
1: I think that's what I remember from the Jack 3D days.
2: Jack 3D had something called DMAA in it, which is like a methamphetamine analog, which, like, would just hype the shit out of
1: you. <laughs> That's what I kind of remember yeah. from that. And yeah. I, I got but that literally does, nauseous from taking it. It
2: doesn't necessarily give you a better workout. Right. You know, I think in today's day and age, most people are kind of just addicted to a stimulant. Okay. Um, there are some really great things that can enhance your your performance. Um, within the realm of jiu-jitsu, I'm, like, a big fan of, like, cognitive I was Thanks. just about
1: to take that next step. How do you segue from supplements to jujitsu? In other words, what really has some kind of an impact that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now there's no one making shit for jujitsu. Right. There's Matt Fuel. I'm sorry if you they have ever sponsored anything of you. These guys are bullshit. Um, they're making a killing on Amazon right now because no one else is marketing jujitsu. The only one I
1: would have thought is Jocko, but you know,
2: Jocko has they have energy the drinks stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love those guys but I think we can go deeper. I think there's right. a lot of cognitive enhancers that, that I, this is, this is chess. Like you have to be able to think, right? I think there's a, I think there's a big play in my opinion for helping with calming the mind mm. so, rather than stimulating. Right. And I think we all need some caffeine, but I think uh, like some of my best takeaways from this are like, when well, you've got me flattened out and I'm should be having a panic attack. I need to slow down mm. and collect myself figure out my game plan and if i've taken 500 milligrams of caffeine that's not happening
0: <laughs> no it, it actually become counterproductive where now you've got all that caffeine in you and you get held down in a position and you feel a dump and you're like rrr,
2: rrr, i'm yeah. so exhausted right now and that heart that yeah. you were talking about oh yeah that happens yeah i've definitely like, i drink like an energy drink before you come here it's a little too much and all of a sudden like we're done with the judo at the beginning and i'm like i need to go sit down and drink some water
0: yep you know i've listen i'm guilty of it myself i've done it take a scoop of pre-workout take a thermo run around see how it goes for me it's because i gotta like get through the teaching and do everything but then by the time the training comes like i'm dead because i just jacked myself up and then dropped it so yeah i taught four great classes three great classes but now like i can't
2: roll (laughs) I think the most valuable supplement for jujitsu outside of all of that talk is uh, electrolytes, hydration.
1: Would that be post workout or pre? Because they always talk about BCAAs, you know, protein building blocks after you work out. I'm just curious what makes sense for a pre jitsu workout and a post jujitsu workout.
2: Protein's incredible. Protein's the first macronutrient that everyone should pay attention to. I don't think that it's the immediate focus post jujitsu. Personally, like we're not lifting weights in here. We're not really tearing muscles or anything in here. Um, Personally, I mean, first of all, people don't hydrate enough to start. Um, And there was a really great study in, um, I want to say it was either sprinters or swimmers, uh, where like a 5% reduction in hydration led to a huge drop in performance. Like a very, very small drop in hydration, you're fucked. Uh, And I think that sprinting, I think, translates very quickly to jiu-jitsu my opinion. no doubt um but uh absolutely post-workout i mean i don't know if you guys ever walked outside and rang out your rash guard like you're literally losing actual sweat and per liter of sweat you're losing a ton of potassium chloride and uh sodium so so what do you take with that run-of-the-mill uh electrolyte drinks are gonna be really good um you have a bag up front of ghost hydration um i know ghost is like a very popular marketing company but they actually have a really solid formula for all their products um sodium potassium chloride really important make sure you're drinking them during the day to be hydrated to train Remember salt
1: tablets in football yeah you know Mm -hmm. in halftime they'd they'd feed you the salt taps and everything like that
2: yeah when i was in
0: college when we would have lunch they would tell us make sure we put a little bit of salt in our water but guys make sure you put some salt in your water yeah not enough where you would taste it but just enough where it's like you don't dehydrate yeah that was 20 something years ago for me
2: yeah (laughs)
1: I remember before the games, they'd throw out Reese's Peanut Butter Cups to give you a little bit of, like, glucose <laughs> uh, bump. Yeah. You don't want to know what I was doing
0: before the games.
1: <laughs> All right, man. This is the end of the interview. I always ask one question, and since we've got a bunch of tough guys here, I got to know. Where are they? Three movies that
0: made you cry. Go. Uh, Coco.
1: I've never seen that
0: one. Yeah, gets me. I got to It's. <laughs> it, it, it's just a guy's ghost and all he wants to do is see his daughter and then at the very end the kids singing and all the families together every single time <laughs> get I you, cried, yeah. get yeah well eye. because I just had Juliana right, right Right. so like I like if you haven't watched Coco watch it you know <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to Fuck check Nesto De La Cruz um fantastic movie I cried right at the end nice every time anything else like I was gonna let Ben go for one I'll go
2: for him. okay I didn't see the original, so you guys may have seen the original and you would know this, but uh, A Star is Born, uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, I'm thinking about the, Well, there were
1: three stars borns. There was one from the 40s. There was the, oh, the, the Barbra Streisand Barber Sand Sand one.
2: one. Oh, I only thought there were two.
0: And then
1: there was this one. This was the most emotional, though. No yeah. doubt.
0: The when, first one was a... Uh, who's a... Uh, it was the the like chick Judy, from Garland. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: When, when he goes in the garage and closes right. the door and the dog sits down, I was on an airplane. <laughs> you're leaking lost my shit and the really <laughs> fucked up thing was i had no clue like it took me like three seconds to right. realize real like he killed himself i was like and then the dog sits down right and you realize he fed him the steak anything with the dog
0: he, it always gets me
2: that movie just they just keep hitting you with it it was so oh, hard
0: so that movie it's on my list and not even the movie there's a song in that movie called uh Remem- she, she, remember us this way i thought it was shallow okay and she. there's there's when the song starts she's like that arizona sky yeah. burning in your eyes i remember being with steph for a year <laughs> and we were it. at her brother's wedding and it was in arizona and i remember like taking pictures and like the sun setting and like i'm looking at this woman it's like. Those lyrics are literally my wife. Like, you saw the light in me that I couldn't find. It's like, I was so lost, and I thought I wanted to do some shit, but I didn't really believe in myself. And then, like, here's this one woman where one was like, it's a hobby. This one's like, let's go all in. You're going to do this. So even talking about this, I get super emotional. (laughs) Plus, like, I got to take my medicine tomorrow so my estrogen's high. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, every time I I hear that song, I'm like,
2: fuck. I love how real you guys are about this stuff, too. You know, we don't have a, like a very masculine sport. Like, yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah, you guys talk about it, all of it, and I love that. That's, oh, that's dude, important I'm, to I'm me. I'm the
0: biggest pussy you'll ever meet. It's horrible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a bitch. I love that. I, th- I, th- I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah, we enjoy we, it. We need a third movie. What movie makes
1: you cry? You wouldn't know these movies. All right. There was a movie called Ordinary People, which won the Academy Award in 1981. And it's a, I highly recommend this movie. It's about a uh, this sort of uh, this family that... Uh, this, had two sons and the one son dies in a boating accident. Ooh. Yeah. And the, the the movie is about how the other son is dealing with the fact that his older brother was the great athlete. And why is it that he died in the boating accident? And why is it that the younger, supposedly weaker son survived?
0: So it's like survivor was killed.
1: Kind of. and And it just really hits you. And there's this point where, he goes to therapy for it. And the girl that he was hanging out with, she ends up offering herself and it's just like all coming together. Like, like it's all coming down on him. He's doing shitty in school. He quits the, uh, the swim team kind of thing. And at the end he goes to the psychiatrist who's played by Judd Hirsch from uh, taxi, mm-hmm. you know? And he just, the kid goes, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And the psychiatrist says, I'm your friend. You got, you know, I'm here for you kind of thing. And I'm just like, like losing it at that point. It's an amazing movie. Ordinary people go see that movie or that out, just right? check Let's it cry. Out. Amazing. Let's
2: some tears. There you go. Big guy.
0: I really enjoyed this.
2: Thank you. Thank you guys. I really appreciate this.
0: Ben, I love you, buddy. I'm glad mm-hmm. you're at the school. I think you're a great addition here, and I think you fit right in.
2: Thank you. I love being here. I, I, I honestly, I I make the drive. I hate 206. <laughs> but that I do it. What's you know, the what deal I mean? with
1: the traffic on 206. When What's are you going to fucking deal? Like, these people? Dude,
2: I have <laughs> considered taking Route 1 and driving like all the way. He, like.
1: I, the only thing I would suggest is taking Dukes. Go around. Where are you driving Duke's from? Parkway?
2: Princeton. By the way, yeah, we'll say this at the end here. Uh, there's I think a... you're coming from Branchburg. Okay. I grew up in Branchburg. Okay. I live in Princeton. Okay. I live like a half mile from another gym in Princeton. It's all 206. I, like, dude, it was funny. I came here for a Thursday night class, for mm-hmm. that first class. And our, my, Carmine's my goal was Thursday we're going to do this, and then there was a Saturday class in Princeton. I never went to Princeton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I – you, you guys offered something that just like I couldn't find anywhere else
0: it's a lot more than just teaching takedowns and chokes yeah. that's always been my motto since day one I was like we're, we're more than just takedowns and chokes yeah we're we're a nice little club we're well, glad you you're va- part of it
2: you asked me what I wanted to do too which <laughs> was that was special to me because I, Car- I think Carmine was like I, you know, I want to win a tournament and I was like I just want to be a killer I don't know that's exactly I want to be like really sense. Fu- yeah I really want to be really fucking good at this I want to be like the guy in the training room that everyone's afraid of yeah and maybe not really go anywhere with it, but like everyone knows, yeah, you know what I mean? And I was like, I think I could do that here.
0: Listen, I do things a little differently. Not everyone likes it. It works for me and it's allowed me to hang out with a lot of really fucking cool people. And like, this is like, this is what I do for work. Like I'm working right now, but I'm just having a co- this is why like, I feel bad when I tell my wife, I'm tired. She's raising our kids.
2: <laughs> like I'm in here like, believe me, I understand. Too. I'm going to Vegas for a week next week and I'm, I'm working. You know, it is work. It is, but but... (laughs) you're also in Vegas for a week, you know, it's like, oh, let me go rest in my hotel room. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, i was staying at like a, like a premier King room. Like I'm so tired. Oh, we go to the buffet for breakfast. It's like, I woke up. I went to eat so tired. It's horrible, but it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's a good life. You can get it, man. Like working in your passion is, is something that's amazing. So
0: I'm trying to ride this till the wheels, fall off with ADCC. Because
2: I love it. ADCC is great, great, man. I think this school is also like, I think there's a lot here.
0: I think the sup bouncer is pretty awesome. I think Price Plow is pretty awesome. I appreciate what you guys do. I've learned so much about supplements by watching your videos. Once you started training here, like I became a fan of yours. Once I knew, I've never told you this, but like I saw what you started doing and I was like, man, this guy's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. He's at my school because this guy's like, Thank really you Really doing something that it needs to be fun, done. That means lots lot me. of information. That means yeah, a lot to me. You're doing it right.
2: I do a lot of good stuff. I'm very passionate about what I do. But um, I don't know. Anytime you get into anything with fitness, like it was kind of a loaded thing. I didn't want to tell people what I do because I want people to treat me just as another person here. But uh, I you, love being involved.
0: You get it too, man. I say it all the time. This guy gets it. From the videos you post about jiu-jitsu to things that we've talked about you know, off air where that you haven't done. And I'm like, he gets it. And you do. You're good at what you do. Thank you. Ben, I'll see you at the next class, buddy. Roy, love you, dude. Appreciate you guys. see See you guys
1: soon. Love both of you guys. It's awesome.